0: Welcome back to Buckeye Talk, the transfer edition. Bill Landis is transferring to a Philadelphia podcast, but we have to give him a waiver before he can do so, and we're not going to let him leave. It's
1: all about uh, bread and soft pretzels, which are basically bread.
0: That, I think, would qualify for someone from Philadelphia. That would be a hardship waiver, that I, I am too far away from good soft pretzels and the NCAA would look at that and say, let the man go home.
1: Yeah, I think that's a compelling argument. Yeah. I don't know if he can make a more, more compelling argument than soft pretzels.
0: You could just go get, what are the soft pretzels they have at the freezer in the store? I don't know. I don't eat Super pretzel. I don't eat those. Exactly. But you would go in, like an NCAA rep would come to Columbus and you would take them to a grocery store and you'd go <laughs> get like a frozen super pretzel and say, what is this? And then you'd show them like a hot, fresh philadelphia pretzel factory pretzel and then be like go yep. go young man say no more say no more joe burrow is leaving ohio state bill landis is staying here tim bielick is staying here i'm doug lane Reese and i'm stay- i'm staying here we're talking all about joe burrow what his transfer he announced it tuesday afternoon on twitter he didn't say where he's going but he said he's leaving and we went from everyone assuming he's leaving to he's leaving And actually, that felt like a big difference to me. Like all of a sudden, it was like, oh, 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 oh. Like all the things that we sort of did talk about became like actual things that are going to happen now. And and then you guys, I think, felt the same way because we put out the call on Twitter and we got a million questions. And they're all questions that we sort of have been asking, we've been thinking about because the topic didn't change because the topic always was Joe Burrow's probably going to transfer. But now it's happening. And we're going to talk about all about that on this Buckeye Talk. Follow us on Twitter, at Tim Bielek, at BillAndis25, at Doug Maurice. Read our stuff at cleveland.com slash OSU. Do we have a five-star review of the week before we get in to the transfer version of Buckeye Talk?
2: Indeed we do. We actually got a couple reviews. I'm going to actually sort of pick two because this one's super short. From RC Puzzle Master asks, best review ever? He says, if Thomas Jefferson were alive today, dot, 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 he probably wouldn't listen to Buckeye Talk, but his brother, Carl Jefferson, would definitely listen. <laughs> and then
0: Carl Jefferson, kind of, uh, kind of a pizza snob, which is why he would like Buckeye Talk.
2: And then we have another one from Cool in STL that calls you a pop- popcorn thief, Doug. The title is, Doug is a popcorn thief. I'm, I'm intrigued. It says, Doug, in an earlier podcast, I specifically remember you saying how awful it was for anyone to order water at a fast food place and then going to the soda fountain and filling up with your favorite drink. Yes. How is sharing a large popcorn with your family and getting free refills any different? Wow. Are you okay with getting one drink at a fast food place and sharing it with your wife? Do you bring an extra cup? Where do you draw the line, Doug? Wow. That is an existential crisis. That I'm now going to have with myself, and I will
0: come back with an answer uh, next week when we don't have as much to talk about. That is a fine line. Now, I am purchasing something, but if you bought a large drink at a fast food establishment, you got a, you went to McDonald's and got one large drink, and then like you brought a cup from home, and you brought a cup from home, and I came over and poured my drink into your cups and went back and got another refill – I don't think I'd be okay with that.
2: Yeah, that's that's thievery. <laughs> it's a little shady. Although at those places, they give you free refills. They don't say what exactly you're supposed to do with them.
0: Right. So you're, de- you're defending me, and you're defending them the popcorn thievery. But I am seeing how this could be viewed as theft.
2: But when it comes to the small cup, it's free, and soft drinks cost money. So in that rec- – what you said is the difference. You paid for the popcorn at one point – you never pay for that little cup that you're supposed to fill with water, and instead you're filling with Dr. Pepper. I, I
0: will say that I think the bottom line is I'm okay with being a popcorn thief, so we can move on. I can handle it.
1: Remember when Ohio State's quarterback transferred? Hey, and what we, happened? We talked about popcorn and soda for three minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to mostly get to questions, so let's mostly get to questions. There's no point. We have so many questions from people that – there's no point in us asking ourselves stuff because yeah. every our loyal listeners and followers covered everything, right? They did. The difficult
1: part is trying to figure out where exactly to start. Is is there any question that wondering about like where he's going to land? Yeah, there's a million of them. Uh, okay, we I, actually have one in the Facebook chat too uh, from Matt Condon. He said, "What are Joe Burrow's most likely landing spots?" He says uh, Ohio University, Nebraska, Florida, and then there were a bunch of questions about where he could land. Uh, somebody said. Uh, This is from Chase Richardson. He said, did Scott Frost, Nebraska head coach, break his ankle or wrist trying to get to the phone to call Joe Burrow?
0: (laughs) Maybe. So obviously we don't know that, but I did read some Nebraska guys talking about this on Twitter and some of their stories. There's some indication from the Nebraska reporters, no, that some of the Nebraska reporters um, think – What's the kid's name? Adrian, Adrian. Martinez. Yeah. It's not Taylor Martinez. Is it his brother? No. Think that Adrian Martinez, someone – a Nebraska reporter I saw tweeted, like, the quarterback of the present and the future is on the roster. Like He said, like, there's not enough juice for the squeeze on this. Hmm. Like, which, which I would say I think – those people know Nebraska better than we do. I think if you're not, like, one of the four best teams in the Big Ten – and you don't think Joe Burrow is worth the squeeze, I don't think you know how good Joe Burrow is.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, in most circumstances, I, I do think, and like I, none of us are Nebraska expert, experts, but I do know a little bit about Adrian Martinez's recruitment because Ohio State recruited him too. He was committed to Tennessee, and then when everything went to hell at Tennessee, um, Ohio State was one of the programs that tried to recruit adrian martinez and then I, and Scott Frost like made him a priority as soon as he got the Nebraska job. I think like flew overnight to go visit Martinez in California. so I think it can be a delicate situation if like Scott Frost made that much of a gesture to go get this kid and then by the way, that kid showed up and was really good in spring and like captivated everybody in the spring game. I understand on some level why Nebraska fans might just want to ride things out with Adrian Martinez as a true freshman
0: as a true freshman,
1: yeah. I don't I don't think I would rather have Joe Burrow obviously but I know more about Joe Burrow than, than probably the average Nebraska fan does. Um, but I get like new era, new exciting quarterback who your new coach went out and handpicked. Let's turn it over to that kid. I get that. The
0: the one thing I will say about this entire Joe Burrow situation when we're considering landing spots for him is he is not a one-year transfer. Mm -hmm. He is a two-year transfer.
1: So, And that was, sorry to cut you off, but Bradley Smith just said that on Facebook. He said, I know a guy who runs a Nebraska football website and he thinks they won't go after Burrow. He says they don't want to hold Martinez back for two years.
0: See, But I think in general... This is a very interesting conversation. And again, we're not going to pretend we're experts about any of the other schools. But I, if you were another school, generally, in most situations, would you be more interested in Joe Burrow or less interested in Joe Burrow as a two-year guy as opposed to a lot of these grad transfers Hmm. who are a one-year guy?
2: I'd be more interested because... You think about it, you would put, if you're going to turn over the next two years of your football program, are you going to turn over to an unknown, you know, a four-star freshman quarterback or a retro freshman quarterback who's never played, or are you going to turn it over to a guy with two years of eligibility who's had three years of college experience, granted he's only gotten spot duty, but he's shown on film that he has ability, he knows the college game clearly, and he's got some veteran ability. And he knows spread offense. He knows this offense. He knows Urban Meyer's offense so well, having played in it, having learned in it for three seasons. So if you're a spread coach and you're not looking at, you know, a veteran quarterback who can step in immediately and have an impact, I don't know if you're doing the best job. I don't think
1: I agree with that. I think, and maybe maybe I think a little differently than um, than a college coach would in this in this scenario. That's not me saying I think I'm smarter, but. The health of the position group matters to me, Mm -hmm. and like taking Nebraska as an example, Adrian Martinez committed to Nebraska knowing maybe he wouldn't start as a freshman, because very few true freshmen ever start a quarterback, especially at programs like that. But now you're putting a two-year roadblock ahead of him that he didn't know was going to be there when he committed to come play for your program. And that would be true for any freshman or sophomore quarterbacks on any team that Joe Burrow would go to. I don't know if in the end that would mean that someone wouldn't take him, but I think it's a consideration, because it's not... I think a one-year grad transfer, we're like, listen, the quarterback depth is not where we want it right now. You're a freshman or a sophomore. We just don't think you're quite ready yet. This guy's going to come in and play for a year, and then you'll be ready. I think that is much more easy to explain than this guy's coming here. He's going to be the starter for two years, and you are got to wait a
0: while before you're going to get football on your hands. I understand what you're saying about the specific Nebraska situation and any school that would be in that spot. with yep. like a big-time young recruit. But to me – when you are a one-year grad transfer in any sport, you're basically plugging the hole in the dam. Mm-hmm. You're not really part of the long-term health of the program. You're basically looking for schools that got caught short at your position one way or the other. It's like Andrew yep. you know, Andrew Dockich was a great find for Ohio State basketball and had a great year. They were desperate. It's not a long-term strategy of Ohio State basketball to have Andrew Dockich play heavy minutes for three years or something, right? So, like, I, like when we talk about Russell Wilson and Wisconsin, I'm always kind of like, eh, like I don't really give Wisconsin credit for Russell Wilson. Like, when Russell Wilson gets counted, I'm always, I don't want to count Russell Wilson as, like, a Big Ten quarterback in the NFL. Because it's like, okay, they didn't, they didn't really recruit him. They didn't develop him. They just got the finished product and popped him in because they were short. So in general, I would rather have the two-year grad transfer guy, because then to me, a two-year grad transfer just becomes your guy. He's there, he plays, he has a whole off-season, and he plays again. He becomes part of your program, and so... In terms of like blocking other players, I understand if you're like if you're a quarterback and you thought you were gonna be something, and then it was like, oh man, they just brought in this guy out of nowhere, almost like a substitute teacher. Yep. And it's like, man, I'm on the bench for a substitute teacher. That stinks. But if you're Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is not anybody's substitute teacher. He's the teacher. He's coming in to make his mark. And so I think most schools – and I can understand the Nebraska situation. If Scott Frost wants to get his program off to a right start with a big-time high school recruit that he went and got. But even if Joe Burrow went there, it's not like it would be the worst thing in the world for Adrian Martinez to not play for two years. Is Adrian Martinez better than Tate Martell? Maybe. I don't know. Tate Martell's not playing for two years. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's not – so,
1: again, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say my point to suggest that I think that would be, in the end, a valid reason to not get him. I just think that it, there's another consideration to be made when it's a two-year transfer.
0: Yeah. But I, but if I were most – and I don't know – again, bottom line, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything. I don't even mm-hmm. know. You, you researched it. We can go through these. But to me, if you – I would look at Joe Burrow the same way as I would look at a recruit. Yeah. Like I'm bringing in a guy – or, and it's, or it's not even a grad transfer. It's like a junior college transfer. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, that's more like what it is. And people bring in junior college transfers all the time. Like, you were somewhere for a little bit, but now you're here and you're our guy. And we're going to have you multiple years. Go play. So, um, like, how – we can move to the other questions. And I do want to get more into, like, the, the landing spot. Like, how hot – how hot of a commodity? How hot? Of a commodity is Joe Burrow in your mind on the on the transfer like f- on the free agent college football market, how hot is Joe Burrow
1: I think about as hot as you can be, especially for a guy who, who we've said before has not played all that much, but i like he's at Ohio State, people talk very highly of him, and i I think it's kind of rare that a quarterback who's this highly regarded is on the market and eligible immediately. So, as hot as you can be, I think.
2: I'm trying to think of the last time, if there was a time between now and Russell Wilson when there was a guy who had this kind of pedigree available on the market. And if you're a coach out there and you know, Patterson. Uh,
0: continue your point, but yeah, I think that's it. But I want to make a point about that because that's what I thought too, but keep going.
2: And if you're a coach out there that doesn't have an established quarterback, uh, you have to place a phone call, I think, into Joe Burrow. I mean... Again, you have a guy who's got three years experience at this level who's already coming in with more pedigree than any high school prospect you're going to have. If you have questions at the position, it's worth at least placing a call to Joe Burrow and being like, hey, what about us? Have you, do you have interest in us?
0: And I do think a lot of times when guys in situations like this who you get for multiple years come available, there's like a, there's like a problem in there that it was a guy who had an issue at his former school and left and went to junior college. And now you're getting them off junior college, but there was like a little wrinkle, right? Yeah. Or Shea Patterson, Old Miss has all these problems. Is he going to be eligible? Maybe, maybe not. Oh, he's eligible. Whatever. Shea Patterson didn't do anything wrong there, but it was a little bit hanky with the Old Miss stuff for a while. This is Joe Burrow free and clear. Like Joe Burrow, who's a graduate, whose dad is a football coach, who was Mr. Ohio Football? Who, as far as we know, has never done anything wrong, and who was the backup quarterback at Ohio State? And he's got great hair, and he loves Matthew Vadova, That too. I mean, that's the whole package, baby. <laughs> and he grabbed a tire.
2: He grabbed a tire and pulled a guy. I forgot about that. After he was down too, he 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 almost lost, and then he stole the tire away.
0: Like if you, I could just see an old football coach like Coach O. Coach O's like someone's reading off Joe Burrow's resume. Coach O says, "Pull a tire, that boy pull a tire," and then they put the video on, and like Coach O like gets in his pickup truck and drives <laughs> to Athens. Like what, I don't know, Coach O has an accent, right? Yeah, he's a Southern like yeah. accent it's like the
1: that. The definition of a Cajun accent. Coach O,
0: yeah. yeah. So Coach o, Coach o, wants a tire puller, and he yeah. might think that like Joe Burrow kind of has like floppy hair, and yeah. he, oh, he likes this Australian point guard. Like I don't know about that um joe burrow one thing i like about joe burrow joe burrow like tweets things about the ncaa it says like cram it ncaa yeah. um so coach joe is all a little apprehensive about that but show coach joe a good tire pull and he's in
2: <laughs> who doesn't love a good tire pull i mean
0: come on man it's like pulling a
1: gator like you get in the swamp, you pull out a gator it's like urban myers quarterback checklist are the five things that we know and coach joe's five is all different different kinds of tires you can pull truck tire (laughs) tractor tire bike bike tire (laughs) airplane tire Uh, yeah that would actually explain a lot if that was the checklist he was using to evaluate quarterbacks yeah
0: yeah (laughs) um okay so more questions
1: okay uh we want to stick with the potential transfer stuff or, or landing we, spot stuff? Or let's do on? a little
0: more landing spot stuff because I want to make sure people know that you, you, you did a post, Bill did a post about six potential landing spots, so we want to hit some of those other ones.
1: Okay, uh, we have one. Let's see. Uh, Ron Conrad said, don't you think he'd go somewhere where he knew the job was basically his and not go there to compete? Isn't a spot like Florida probably a competition that he's coming into late? Um, like wherever he goes, he's coming in, I guess, technically late cause he wasn't there in the spring. Um, I actually think Florida is like a potentially great spot for him because Dan Mullen's offense is going to be very similar to urban Myers. I think Dan Mullen, who's for people who don't know, urban Myers, former offensive coordinator at Florida and at Utah and, and bowling green and yep. like urban's best friend in the world. Um, they value, I would imagine, very similar things at the quarterback position, and Joe Burrow would come in with at least some level of knowledge of the Florida offense, even if things were, like slightly different between Dan Mullen and Urban. And then Joe Burrow would have to beat out Felipe Franks, who wasn't very good last year and who is not a Dan Mullen guy, and Emery Jones, who uh, was a former Ohio State commit and flipped to Florida in December. Was enrolled in the spring, but I think the consensus is that he is not ready to be a freshman starter. So I like Florida a lot as a potential landing spot for Joe Burrow. And yes, technically to the question, it would be a competition, but I think it's a competition he would win and probably win easily.
0: He, I don't think he's going somewhere where there's a real competition. Yeah. Like if he say he did he did go to Nebraska, I don't think he would go to Nebraska. Like if Scott Frost was like, sure, let's come, let's see what happens. You know, like yeah. I don't, I, I don't think. I don't think Joe Burrow's interested in let's see what happens. And I don't think that's a, that's not like a, a position of arrogance or whatever. It's like, listen, if I want to be at see what happens, I just left to see what happens for a team that might win the national championship. So I am looking to play. Now I'm going to earn it, but I need to know that you are sort of expecting me to earn it. And I'm not going in for a coin toss, and I'm not going in for a jump ball because I was already in that, and I want to play, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's true. And
0: and this is the question uh, Scott Barr asked that,
1: that kind of lends itself to that. He says, with uh, Joe being an Ohio guy who stayed in Ohio, does he seem like someone who wants to stay close or use this as a chance to spread his wings and head to the West Coast, or is it a 100% football-fit decision for him? I mean, I think he's he's done the academic stuff. Like, I think the only – like, if you grad transfer, you have to grad transfer to a, a university that has a grad program that your current university doesn't have, or something like that. Isn't that a rule? Yeah. That, 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 that's like the only academic consideration he'd have to make. I think it's 99.9% a football decision for him. And I don't think I saw some people mention Ohio University, which makes perfect sense because that's where his dad's a defensive coordinator. No offense to Ohio University, Joe Burrow is better than that. I think he'll have plenty of Power 5 interest that if he goes to play for OU, it's just because he wants to be home. It's not because he didn't have suitors that were better than Ohio. Plus, Ohio has a decent quarterback back, I th- who I think is a sophomore. Um, Ian Farler asked, do we have any insight into Cincinnati's quarterback room? Um, hard to think they have someone who's better than Joe.
0: Torrance Gibson.
1: They were supposed to have Torrance Gibson. <laughs> like not a, not a ton, but I did include Cincinnati on my list uh, of schools. I had six of them. Cincinnati has a returning starter. His name's Hayden Moore who was just okay last year. Uh, and I agree with that. Like Joe Burrow, I think is better than him. I think Joe Burrow would be the starter there. If he went there again, I think he can probably do a little better than Cincinnati. Cincinnati makes sense. because of Luke fickle. It's close ish, but well, it's in the same state anyway, as Athens, it's not really that close. Um, but I don't, yeah, I think, I think UC is, is probably like a, I don't know, safety, safety school. We have safety schools and reach schools when you're grad transferring, like you know, yeah. when you're a normal person. You apply to schools. Um, but I think it's an interesting one to keep in mind. But, yeah, they have a returning starter, but I think Barrow can win that job too.
0: I mean, I I think he's wide open. I would imagine he's wide open. Um, his dad's a college football coach. I mean, his dad works on Saturdays. So, so obviously, his mom could still come see him. But, I mean, like, I think he's – because there's two questions here, right? I mean, one is, like, I want to play, and that means I want to play for, like, the best team that I can play for that sort of is – guaranteed for me to play, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is like path to the NFL. And those aren't necessarily the same things because, like, for instance, if he went to Ohio, he that would not be the best school that he could play for. He can absolutely get to the NFL from Ohio. We've seen that a million times over. And if he if if Here's what I think would be possible. Like, uh, like I can't tell if Florida, uh, LSU, meh, meh. if I go to Ohio, I'm the guy, and I'm just going to go to the MAC and throw for five thousand yards for two straight years and try to be a second round pick. And and you know what? Like it worked for Ben Roethlisberger, and it worked for Josh Allen at that level of competition, and it's worked for a million different guys over the years. So, like in my mind. It's fun to play this game, and I feel comfortable playing this game now because Joe Burrow has announced it. Like, hey, because he's gonna be fine. Yeah, but if it's sort of like if there's like stuff that's like a sixty percent fit, oh, Oklahoma State, Arizona State, oh, UCLA, but but like nothing feels exactly perfect. I think the idea of like you know what, go play on my dad's team and like roast everybody <laughs> is not. The worst option in the world to me. No, I suppose not. I think,
1: I I guess that's the thing we don't know is like what's what's more of a consideration. Setting yourself up for the NFL or setting yourself up to win a championship of some kind at the college level.
0: Because the thing is too, I would, so to me if you go to Florida, you're going to a good program with a good coach. If you go to UCLA, you're going to a good program with a good coach. If you're going to LSU, you're going to a good program with a coach who's kind of on the, I don't know what. Yeah. Um, who might not be your coach the second year you're there? Like, if you're going to Arizona State, which is like you're going to Arizona State, which is like a good program with a coach who doesn't really seem to know what he's doing at Herm Edwards right now, <laughs> I think it's possible. Like, if you can go, it's like if he goes to Florida, like they might win the SEC East with Joe Burrow quarterback. No, they won't, Georgia. Georgia. Um, <clears throat> stupid Georgia, everyone, and Joe Burrow.
2: They would be the number one contender, I think, to Georgia for the next two seasons. But he
0: could go to Florida. Which is awesome and win nine or ten games a year, and it would be great. But like if that doesn't work out and your choice is sort of like weird power five school versus roast the Mac with your dad, like that's the thing that like I wouldn't go power five or bust. I wouldn't go like Florida, like well maybe like people have said Texas, or people have said, you know, I wouldn't like settle for Arizona State if some of the other stuff doesn't work out. And then put your, and put your, because you want to look at the quarterback situation, but you also want to look at the coaching situation. I wouldn't put my career in the hands of an iffy coaching situation just because they're in the Pac 12.
2: I have an interesting wild card that I just thought up. Speak up. Oklahoma. I say that, Kyler Murray. Yeah, if Kyler Murray decides he wants to go play baseball, he's oh. supposed to be a really high, highly regarded baseball prospect. I think someone in like the top 40. If he leaves, then who's Oklahoma's quarterback? It was the guy in Austin Kendall who called Ohio State oh, yeah. a basic defense that two guy. years ago.
0: When is the baseball draft?
2: It's in June. It's like the middle of the end of June.
1: I don't know the exact date. Hasn't Kyler Murray already been drafted? Doesn't an MLB
0: team already own his rights? I saw I thought I saw something that someone thought he was a top 50 prospect for this draft. Um well, cuz uh, he's, he's been in college 3 years, I think if you get you get drafted in high school then you can get drafted again on a college. Yeah. So, I think he's a prospect for this draft. I mean, that would be interesting. I mean, like, if you're Lincoln Riley and you're like, "Hey man, just chill." <laughs> like if Kyler signed, although if, if Kyler Murray gets drafted, it wasn't it wouldn't mean that like Kyler Murray would necessarily like leave the next day.
1: He has not been drafted. He opted out of the twenty fifteen draft to go
0: to a And M. Okay, so I don't know. Joe Burrow also might like want to get his life
2: figured out without having to wait on somebody else again.
0: I don't know. It's interesting. It's fascinating. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's <laughs> interesting.
2: I mean, I but, thought of it because I think he'd be a perfect fit for a Lincoln Riley offense. Yeah, I think he would too, I, and that's why like, he'd be the perfect
1: fit for a Scott Frost offense and a Dan Mullen offense and a Chip Kelly offense because they're all kind of similar.
0: But are you? But could he? Do you think he needs to be in a spread, or could he go to a pro style?
1: Uh, I think he can go to a pro style. I think he's a, he's a good enough thrower.
0: Yeah, I think he would be too. Like to yeah. me, he's versatile enough. Not that Michigan needs a quarterback, but I think he could play for Jim Harbaugh and yeah. be better than the guys Michigan's trotted out there for the past couple of years. Yeah, you know? I agree with that. So. Again, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about college football and that I know the offensive styles of all the Power 5 conference teams, but but I, I, that's why I think it's so interesting because I think it's wide open because I think he could fit a lot of different people.
1: Uh, Bob Jung Choi, who is in the comments on Facebook, says, first he said wherever Burrow goes he'll be mediocre, but then he made a more salient point that says, unless your name is Russell Wilson, you can't just transfer into a new program and light it up right away. Which I guess is a good point to make, but we just all think Joe Burrow is good.
0: Well, but but I'm not sure why. Why not?
1: I, I don't know. I, I I would. I mean, if you're going to ask me if I think I'll be successful, I say yes. Like obviously, there's examples of both happening, but I don't think it's like a guarantee that he's going to go somewhere and not be good. Well, I'm fairly confident he's going to be good wherever he goes. I,
0: but I don't think I, I would disagree with the, with the notion that like. Because, like, you're new. I mean, we have college football programs that play true freshmen now. Mm -hmm. And he's far, as Tim has made the point, he's far more advanced than that. And he's going to get all of preseason practice. And he's going to get there in the summer and start doing seven-on-sevens with guys. Like, he's not transferring in the middle of the year. And they're not asking him, like, he's not transferring in October. Yeah, He's going to get a whole preseason camp as a guy who's been through three preseason camps in college And three spring footballs, and has competed and has made throws in front of 105,000 people. Like I I just I disagree with the notion that that he can't step in as a grad transfer and and learn the offense and be ready right
2: away. And to to his point, I don't know if uh, if Russell Wilson was Russell Wilson before he went to Wisconsin. I think people knew he was a solid quarterback at NC State. He went to he went to Wisconsin, lit it up, won a Big Ten title. Was a late was a third round pick to Seattle, who was, was picked after a punter, and all of a sudden became Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah, no, he was good at North Carolina State, but he got they booted him for Mike Glennon, who also was an NFL. Because he's tall. Yeah. So, I mean, but I mean, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was a starter at North Carolina State, so there is a difference of like you were a starter, now you're transferring to be a starter. Joe Burrow's never been a starter, but I think for for. Any quarterback that could maybe come be your starter who has never started a game, whether that's an incoming freshman or a junior college guy or a transfer or a grad transfer, I think he is as ready as anyone who would fit that description could be. Now, I'm not as ready as Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson was a full-time starter. But short of that, I mean, Joe Burrow has done everything else.
1: I agree. Yep. Yep. Okay, let's do some more Facebook questions.
0: Um, Facebook is getting a lot of love. We make sure we want to make sure we don't turn our back on well, our loyal Twitter questions just because we're enamored with this newfangled Facebook.
1: My thinking was that we're not going to be on Facebook for two hours because I'm not going to hold my computer like <laughs> this for two hours. Um, so I wanted to get to the remaining questions in Facebook before we shut Facebook down.
0: That's a good plan. Okay.
1: Um, so I'm just going to bounce around then. Um Michael Hahn says, with Joe Burrow transferring and if Dwayne Haskins absolutely kills it this year and considers the NFL draft, the you see Urban potentially recruiting two quarterbacks in 2019 recruiting class? Um, I think either way he might try to get two. Now, I think it's going to be really difficult to get two, and you've seen their quarterback recruiting lately has been a little weird. They are still the favorite to get Grant Gannell coming off his official visit two weeks ago. But in the meantime, they offered Dwan Mathis, who's a Michigan State commit. They just hosted Graham Mertz, who's a Wisconsin commit. And like, none of those guys fit the bill of a quarterback who would come in a two person recruiting class. If you get like, they're just too, I think they're too good. Okay. Um, But that being said, I think you could see them get one of those guys and not, I don't think Don Mathis, because I don't think they're going to push for that in the end, but they really (laughs) like Graham Mertz. I think if they can flip Graham Mertz, they would love to flip him. I just don't know if they're going to be able to. And take
0: him instead of Ganell.
1: Yeah. I think they see Ganell and Mertz as even. It's just, it's taken a long time for them. Mertz committed to Wisconsin in October and then got a bunch of offers, but then never visited anywhere really. And now he was in Columbus for a rivals camp, so he stopped by for the first time ever. Um, So I think... I'd, they'd be happy with either one of those two guys, but they, I don't think they get – there's no scenario in my mind where they get both those
0: guys. But. But would it make sense? And I think, I think you're right because, again, that's, that's the whole point of this, too yeah. many good quarterbacks. Right. And, again, joking about it, that's actually the problem. Yeah. That's why this is happening because they have too many good quarterbacks. Yeah. I think could they bring in, like, a second quarterback in this class in the end, for lack of a better word, under that guy? Like yeah. they bring in like the fourth best quarterback in Ohio, who was going to go to Toledo.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's the profile of somebody you're looking for. And I don't really know who that is, um,
0: which is fine. Which would be fine, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. They did. They did host on. So on Sunday, they hosted Dwan Mathis, the Michigan State commit. They also hosted Sam Johnson, who is also from Michigan, who just committed to Boston College. But like could not have been happier about the fact that Ohio State was showing interest in him. And this is just pure speculation on my part, but Sam Johnson strikes me as the kind of kid that, although he is committed to Boston College, if Ohio State came to him in October with the quarterback already in the class and offered him, he might consider it. And a kid like that, he's a three star prospect, um, kinda raw, but I think you can see it a little bit that, that maybe he could develop into something. He strikes me as the kind of guy who might jump at that opportunity. And, just because he loves Ohio State. And
0: so and so Urban could say Adazio take this kid, keep him away yeah. from D'Antonio, right. keep him warm for me, I might want him later.
2: Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Probably. Friends, Probably. Friends. That's what friends are Probably. for. The, the Dwan Mathis thing just strikes me as simply, maybe something as simple as Ohio State just doesn't want to make sure they're left pulling the bag and have nothing in case Grant and L in the month before he decides. Suddenly, maybe Oklahoma State or LSU f- tickle his fancy or whatever. So they just – they want to have a guy. That's basically what this sounds like to me is they just want to get somebody.
0: They, I mean, they've had multiple years in fairly recent times where they ended up, like, with their quarterback of choice flaked on them. And they wound up grabbing guys late in the process. And so it sounds like they're trying to be prepared and not let yeah. that happen. I mean, they that's how they wound up with Dwayne Haskins. You know? Which,
1: yeah, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. yeah.
0: So... Um, That's how they wound up with Matthew Baldwin, Mm -hmm. you know? And again, like, it's just, uh, yeah, I think it's good. I think, I think the idea of two in 2019 would make a lot of sense. And again, I am a believer. They're not, but maybe they'll become one. I'm a believer in recruiting a backup quarterback. And so again, I think to your point, you're not going to get two five-star, two four-star kids in the class of 2019. But if you're worried about Dwayne Haskins leaving and you want four in the room for the 2019 season and your four are going to be Tate Martell, Matthew Baldwin, your big-time get in the 2019 class, and your secondary quarterback in that class, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I think in the wrong run it's better for them to not have those be two five-star kids. Yeah. Have a kid that you're going to pull in 2019 who's going to stay no matter what.
1: I agree. Um, Okay, let's see. Uh, Mike Wolf says he has heard Tate Martell may change positions to get on the field because he's so explosive. I think that's quite not true. Like, he's not going to full-out change. I think you might see him, (coughs) you know, line up as a tailback sometimes, or maybe even in the slot. But he's a quarterback.
0: He's not leaving the QB room.
1: Right. Um, And then he said, are there any other possibilities for a backup? Which I think gets us, I don't think anyone else had the question on Facebook, but there were plenty of questions on Twitter about the possibility of Ohio State going out and getting another quarterback for the 2018 season because at the moment they have three and one of them is a true freshman coming off an ACL injury and Matthew Baldwin, who we think will be ready for the start of the season, but it's certainly possible that he's not. And then it's Dwayne Haskins and Tay Martell. I think you need another quarterback.
0: What about, they have have a walk-on named Corey Curtis, Mm -hmm. who I follow on Twitter. It's a good Twitter follow. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know anything about him, but are you sure that someone you would get in the grad transfer market at this point would be better than him.
1: No, not not sure. I'm fairly confident, I suppose. But I think what you're looking for, and I wrote this. I wrote a story about, like, it's Dwayne Haskins' time, and we're going to talk about Dwayne Haskins um, and, like, what does this mean. And the, the point that I made is that I, I do think you need a buffer between Haskins and Martell and then Baldwin. I don't think you want to enter a scenario where Matthew Baldwin has to play this year, which, like, we've seen it at Ohio State. The third quarterback has had to play in the past. It's rare, I think. We don't act like it's the norm, but I think you want to position yourself where if you have to get to that third quarterback, it's like someone kind of reliable, whether that's a career backup at another Power 5 program who like came to Ohio State to enjoy the ride and maybe get a conference championship ring, or, uh, I don't know, a JUCO guy who just wants to get to this level and, and then see what happens. Um, but I would not ride with Corey Curtis, I don't think. No offense to Corey So Curtis.
0: you really would be nervous. And again, we sort of talked about all this theoretical stuff previously. Question for both you guys. If the quarterback – if that, if nothing changes, if no one's added, and the quarterback room for 2018 is Haskins, Martell, Baldwin, and walk-on Corey Curtis, would you be nervous?
1: No, I, I think nervous is probably too strong of a word. Um. I would, I would just have more peace of mind, I think, if there was a fourth
2: guy in there. A fourth scholarship guy in there. I wouldn't be nervous. I mean, what, it doesn't happen often, other, unless you're the Maryland Terrapins, where your entire quarterback room is decimated with injuries. But it does
0: happen. I mean, I do th- I mean, I guess it does happen now. It makes me want to look it up. Like, obviously, but, but the whole thing about Ohio State's national championship season is that it was a crazy story because it doesn't happen that much. Yeah. So they got to their third quarterback. Um, I would not be like, I, I, I would not be that nervous. You know, I would not be, and, and are, is is your nervousness amplified by Baldwin's ACL injury? Like if Baldwin yeah. was a hundred percent healthy, you would think fine. We have a true freshman, but he's good. They liked him.
1: I oh, feel a little better about it. I think. Yeah. But I think that the thing that I'm more curious about, and we had a couple questions, one on Twitter from. And I, it's, it's T-U-U-A-M-U. What we call that? Tuamu? Yeah. Tuamu. He says, does this reduce the likelihood of Tate Martell packages in the fall? Can they really afford to play Tate when he's the only healthy backup quarterback? Or are they confident that Baldwin will be
0: healthy for the start of the season? You know, that's an interesting question. It's like, what happened to our backup quarterback? He got ripped in half by a linebacker catching a seven-yard slant? Yeah. Good plan. <laughs> um, get the freshman with the gimpy <laughs> knee in the game. That is an interesting question. And again, we talked so much where no one is surprised by what this what happened today by the Joe Burrow news. But yet when we talked all the talk we had about like Tate Martel packages, I didn't think of the idea of like he's the backup quarterback. Yeah. Maybe let's not let him get teed up by a guy 60 pounds heavier than him.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think it will If they go into the season with just the three, I think it will change how they use Tate. Like, I think Tate will still play because, I don't know, if they'll be up by 70 on Oregon State. Yeah, that's different. You're just the backup quarterback playing garbage. But the situation that you have laid out time and again was, like, second and whatever from your own 11-yard line against Penn State. Yeah. Tate is not coming into the
0: game. So, but, but, so let me, but let me ask this. I would differentiate. I differentiate between the, he's not playing quarterback package, which we've talked about. Slot receiver, H-back. Do you do something special like that? and, like, Wildcat quarterback. Like, I'm playing quarterback. He's taking the snap at quarterback, and he's being a quarterback that play. So on that play, your quarterback is at risk, just like on any play your quarterback is at risk. But I think a quarterback risk is different than a your quarterback playing slot receiver risk. Yeah, I so, that's true. so I would, to me, I would now, without Joe Burrow, shy away from what Penn State did with Tommy Stevens, which is throw him a pass in the end zone. I would shy away from that. I would not shy away from putting a Tate Martell quarterback package in.
2: Yeah, that to me seemed like what if I were a Meyer, I would be doing that to begin with. But I think that kind of like locks it up. Maybe you don't do it as often as you would like, knowing that you know in case something happens, you still have Joe Burrow kind of waiting in the wings. Maybe you reduce, just you don't do it as much as you like. So you pick like maybe three, four instances a game where you use it, and then that's it.
0: But are are you more? Are you, Tim, more fearful of a quarterback injury
2: because you just lost a guy out of your room? Uh, Specifically with Tate? No, because honestly, I mean, the idea that like, having less quarterbacks suddenly is going to make the other quarterbacks more injury-prone is – there's no analytical proof of that. I mean, Mer- like I mentioned, Maryland went through four quarterbacks last season. They had four They had four quarterbacks when the year started. Three got hurt, and they were on their fourth string. I always think injuries can happen, and who's to say there could have been a situation where Joe Burrow stayed? All three quarterbacks got hurt anyway. We don't know. Injuries are s- impossible to predict. It's like the weather—you can't predict it. Okay. The rather- okay, then tell me how warm it's gonna be this weekend <laughs> in Toronto. Uh, 68, partly
1: cloudy, 13% chance of rain on but, Saturday.
0: What is that Celsius? Do you know? It's like 23. No. It's oh, like we live in America.
2: It's <laughs> like, actually. Fun well, fact, we'll get back in quarterbacks. I did change the thing in my car to kilometers to make sure I knew I could do that. Oh, that happened to me. Quick
1: tangent. I, we drove to Toronto a few years ago, and then we got into Canada, and it's like Toronto is however many kilometers away. Like, I have no idea how far away that is. And my GPS wasn't working because it, this, I don't know, it was a piece of crap that didn't work in another country. So I was lost in Canada for a little bit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's a real thing. Yeah. That's, I was smart. Well, for me, I know my cell phone works in Canada, so I'll be able to use GPS when I cross fancy. the border. Okay, uh, let's do two more things from
1: Facebook and then shut Facebook down so my arm can get out of this position. Um,
0: the things that we do for you people. Yeah.
1: Or you could just His change His arm arms. is numb. Have no idea how hard this is. You could, you could just change arms. No, I like it because it's, it's blocking the awkward uh, face-on shot that you would get otherwise. Oh, yeah. yeah. It would be right <laughs> on your crotch. Yeah. Right. Uh, Tyler Manning says, Could future quarterback recruits, the ones looking at Ohio State, Be worried at the transfer of Joe Burrow, as in, "quote Would I get any playing time if I went there?" Um, I don't think so. I think there's an understanding if you're a quarterback that this is normal. Alabama was losing quarterbacks at a crazy, crazy clip, and Tua Tagovailoa didn't care, and Jalen Hurts didn't care. Now Jalen Hurts might transfer, and it's just like it's the nature of the position. I think Um, if Burrow stayed, maybe. If you had Burrow – say Burrow-Statum was a starter for two years and then you had Haskins and then Martell was also on the roster, even if you thought one of those guys was going to leave and you were a 2019 quarterback, maybe that would scare you away a little bit. But a quarterback transferring, in my mind, is not to Ohio State's detriment recruiting for future quarterbacks.
0: A, it's hard to stack good quarterbacks. That's just realistic. Guys want to play. I just think it's harder to stack at that position than anywhere else. But B, like this particular situation – I think it's important to note this. This is not like a bad outcome. This is not a bad outcome for Joe Burrow, and this is not a bad outcome for Ohio State. That, oh, Joe Burrow, what happened to you? It's like, well, I went to Ohio State. I was Mr. Ohio football. My home state school recruited me. I went there. I was there for three years. I got to play in some games as a backup. I graduated. And then when I left, a lot of good teams wanted me, and then I went and played. Like, that is not... Like you could practically sell that to a recruit. If you came to like if you were being honest, completely honest with the recruit, it's like have a seat at my desk. Let's think about your future. Coach, will I be Ohio State's quarterback? No, but I'll tell you this son. You'll be here for 3 years, you'll graduate and then you'll transfer to a fine institution. That is a pretty good sales pitch if we're actually playing honest recruiting. Thanks, coach. Like that is
2: on Like that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's normal. If you told uh, any high school prospect, any high school quarterback that he'd be starting for two seasons, they'd almost all would sign up for that in a heartbeat. You might not get there how you want it, but Machiavelli Machiavelli said it. The end justifies the means. Love that guy. I've been waiting to use He's
0: ruthless, right? He'll kill you. I
2: hope that was Tupac. Um, Here's the thing. I'm talking the
0: philosopher Machiavelli. Who, that's who I'm talking about. Yeah, he's the one talking about rap. I don't know anything about rap. <laughs> um, I can't remember. Tim threw me off.
2: I'm sorry. Next question.
1: Last question from Facebook. From Scott Barr, he says, does this put more, and he capitalized more, and capitalized less. Does this put more or less pressure on Dwayne Haskins before the season begins?
0: What's your answer, Tim?
2: This is almost a good segue into part two, but it puts less pressure because he's the guy. There's no battle. The I, I said it a month ago. Joe Burrow is going to be the one to decide who's Ohio State's co- starting quarterback, not Urban Meyer. He rang the bell at about twelve oh four on Tuesday afternoon, May eighth. That yeah, I'm leaving. Dwayne's your guy, everybody. I agree. I agree because I I don't think as much as I like
1: Tate Martell, and I think he will be a good college quarterback at some point. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is looking over his shoulder at Tate Martell.
0: I don't think so either.
1: So I think it's less pressure.
0: Like he's got to perform,
1: and like this is what he wanted, and now he's got to he's got to own up to it. And certainly, there's pressure that comes with that. But I still think this situation will be less pressure-packed than it would be if Joe Burrow was hanging around.
0: And I do think I, th- I think so that if it would be more pressure, then that would be the kind of guy who's like, "Uh oh, now I'm the man. It's on now. It's it's up to me. There's like no backup. There's no." Other option, really. I'm the guy, right? But that's not Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is the guy. Mm -hmm. So Dwayne Haskins, I think, is 100% comfortable being the guy. And the only thing that would add pressure to him is, like, I I am the guy, right? Like, it's my I believe in my heart and in my brain and every fiber of my being that I'm the guy, right? Yeah. Like, just, like, the little glance over his shoulder, like, right, Herbs? Like, Right? Right? and you just took the right, the right, just transferred. So all that's left is I'm the guy.
1: Yeah. All right, I'm shutting down Facebook. All right,
0: we're going to say goodbye to our Facebook friends, take a quick break, and be back on Buckeye Talk with more of your loyal Twitter questions right after this. Hold on, Landis. Hey, guys, just a quick reminder for you to listen to our other sports podcasts here from cleveland.com the orange and brown talk podcast dan labe mary kay cabot cleveland baseball talk joe noga paul Hoynes, wine and gold talk joe varden chris fedor those are our three other podcasts dealing with the main teams we cover at cleveland.com wherever you subscribe to buckeye talk subscribe to those podcasts separately as well You won't miss a thing. And then, of course, Takes by the Lake, my other podcast that deals mostly with the Browns and the recent NFL draft, but might expand um, into other things now that we know the Browns actually have a quarterback in Baker Mayfield. So subscribe to our other cleveland.com podcasts. Don't miss a thing. And now back to, let's be honest, your favorite podcast, Buckeye Talk. back on Buckeye Talk with more Joe Burrow discussion. We're off Facebook Live, so we're back with you. We're back with the people. We're back with you guys. No offense to Facebook Live. If you watched on Facebook Live, thank you for watching, but we love you guys the most. All right, Landis. Landis did a post on the six six possible landing spots, and this doesn't mean – I don't know the NCAA rules. Does Joe Burrow have to pick from your list
1: yeah, that's how it that, works.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. So know this then. What were your list? What was your list? Land. Okay, the
1: list was Nebraska, which we talked about. His dad played there. Two older brothers played there. Um, I think people thought he was going to go there before he we went to Ohio State, so it makes sense. Um, we talked. I did not have Ohio University on my list. I made it a point to think that I wouldn't. He wouldn't go there. Um, but we talked about that too. We talked a little bit about Florida. Florida's on the list. Um, did we talk about UCLA? I don't think we. Not did. really. So I have UCLA, UCLA on the list. That I put, I put UCLA and Florida under the umbrella of the Urban Meyer friends and family connection.
0: Which uh, – because it would – that that makes sense to me,
1: right? Urban Meyer and Chip Kelly are very close friends, yeah.
0: But that Urban Meyer would, like, help Joe Burrow and, like, would tell his friends, hey, you should take this guy.
1: Especially if that friend is not a coach in the Big Ten. Ding, yeah. ding,
0: ding, 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 ding. <laughs> um,
1: but I think, like, I think that Burrow does a lot of things that Chip Kelly would like. I wrote in here, I think, like, Burrow seems like a quarterback Chip Kelly can fall in love with very easily. Um and with Ryan Day having been at Ohio State now for more than a year, I think that Joe Burrow has learned a lot of the terminology, uh, a lot of the playbook, frankly, that Chip Kelly's going to run at UCLA. I think he can pick it up very fast when he gets there and does all the things that Chip Kelly would want from, from the quarterback position. And they were supposed to get a grad transfer from K.J. Carter-Samuels, who was Jake Browning's backup at Washington. And then K.J. Carter-Samuels instead decided he was going to go to Colorado State. I have no idea why. But he did. Mountains. It's Fort, Fort Collins is where Colorado State is, right?
0: It's where the, uh, I don't know.
1: Wherever it is, I'm sure it's beautiful. It's not Los Angeles. Yeah. So, poor choice. Anyway, we, that shows us, though, that Chip Kelly is interested, I think, in bringing in a grad transfer quarterback. Now, he has the backup to Josh Rosen. There's Devin Monster. He's back. Devin Monster? Modster. M-O-D-S-T-E-R.
0: Have you ever met anyone whose last name is Monster? No. Wouldn't that be a great last name? Yeah.
2: If Dude. your name was Bill Monster... Or Tim Monster? I, if that was the case, all we could literally drink for, the, for our entire lives is Monster Energy drink. I'm drinking a Monster right now for what might actually be the first time in my life. Really? Yeah.
0: I'm not what if you become a Monster?
1: I needed to pick me up and didn't get coffee for once because I was at a gas station. Um, Where was I? Right. Devin Monster is at UCLA. Uh, and they have an incoming quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who was Tate Martell's backup of Bishop Gorman, is coming in as a 2018 commit. And when Chip Kelly got hired, I think I tweeted, like, Chip Kelly plus Dorian Thompson-Robinson and like, the hard eyes emoji because I think he, like, could be Marcus Mariota. Um, but he's a freshman. So I think Joe Burrow could fit in at UCLA. Cincinnati we mentioned. LSU we mentioned. And then the last one that we did not talk about that I had on my list is Oklahoma State. Mm. And there's not a real connection there. Like, their offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach is from Ohio. He's from Euclid.
0: That's the guy we were trying to get on Ohio State staff, right? Yes,
1: yes. And I don't know, like he he might know Joe Burrow's dad. I have no idea. Everybody in Ohio knows everybody, right? But it was just like a team. Need, the team that needs a quarterback because Mason Rudolph is gone. They don't really have one. They had a three man race for a quarterback in the spring, and like no one came out of it. It seems like their best option is a true freshman who's not on campus yet. And also, Joe Burrow, in well, I guess it was like the second week of April, wherever we talked. No, maybe the th- last week of March, wherever we talked to the quarterbacks in spring. I asked him about his hair, and I said, does the guy with the best hair come into play at all when they're trying to pick a quarterback? And he said, I hope so. If it does, then I'll win the job. And then he made a joke about shaving his head into a mullet, and who has the best mullet in college football? But here's the Oklahoma problem. State coach Mike Gundy. But here's the problem for that. Would Joe Burrow play for a coach who has better hair than he does? Conflict. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? The, po- the power of their two hairs combined, they wouldn't lose a
0: game. Big 12 champs. So... Bill Landis also picked Mason Rudolph to win the Heisman last year.
1: <laughs> if you look at the stats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Baker Mayfield was the second best quarterback in his own state and the Browns picked him. Um, like we – part of this is play, uh, playing a game called who needs a quarterback. Yeah. But you know what I think might be up on the wall in the Borough family homestead right now? A big list of teams that need a quarterback. Like this is what you do. Like – He's not transferring to Alabama. No. And, like, why not? Because he's not transferring to Penn State. Why not? Because they have good quarterbacks. So, this is what you do. They don't have a list on the wall of, like, who has the best dinosaur graduate program, or whatever <laughs> he's interested in. They have a list on the wall that says, who needs a quarterback. So on some level like if you do a little research and look for teams that like don't have a good returning starter, you're doing the same thing that Joe Burrow's family is doing because this is what you do here.
2: It's like he gets to go through the recruiting process a second time.
0: But but when you're a recruit, when you're a recruit, it's all wide open. Yeah. Because everybody's moving at the same time. Everybody your age is going And all you have to think now, again, we talked about stacking quarterbacks and it's hard, but you know what? You kind of just go and everybody goes and everybody recruits quarterbacks and everybody, you know what, you'll have your turn. You think you'll win the job. You'll beat the guys out, whatever. This is is more like if Joe Burrow was in high school, he wouldn't rule out Alabama because Tua and Jalen Hurts are there. He'd say, well, I really want to go to Alabama. I want to play for Nick Saban and I can beat those guys out or I'll get my chance when they're gone, whatever. But, like, right now, he's not going to Alabama. It's a different thought process because, as we've said a million times, he's ready yesterday. And so he doesn't want to be blocked. So just, like, go to the schools that have the 20 best returning starting quarterbacks in college football and take them off the list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then look at everybody else that has, like, a reasonable need for a quarterback, a reasonable coach, and a reasonable fit in a scheme and also – a dinosaur graduate program, or again, whatever Joe Burrow likes to study.
1: And LSU will always be on that list. <laughs> because of their
0: dinosaur program?
1: Because their coach is a dinosaur.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a good Coach O. I was going to do more Coach O.
2: The Coach O you did wasn't bad, I thought. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, rah, rah, rah. You bailed that but it, was, <laughs> yeah. it, it started you, strong. I wonder, did you watch the Blind Side when Coach O on there? That's the only way I really recognize his voice. Oh, uh, yeah. No, Did anybody happened. give you crap for your Canadian accent? Okay, so here's what happened. <laughs> I was going to say you sounded more like a better English speaking version of Borat. So, you sounded like Jerry. So you sounded like- I know.
0: I got I focused on so the the Toronto accent as far as I know, they don't say the T. That's the big thing is Toronto. 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 Yeah. And then I just ended up doing Fargo for the rest of the time, and I was so nervous about it. Cause I like sort of immediately got a thing on Twitter from like a guy from Canada who was like, cram it up your cram hole, you American. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know about this. And so I just got off Twitter for 12 hours. I was like, (laughs) I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to hide in my basement with my computer off. And just, if there is like, if Justin Trudeau is like treating at tweeting at me for being anti-Canadian, I'm just going to ride it out (laughs) and hope it goes away and just get on Twitter tomorrow. Uh, Like, nothing happened.
2: Well, here's the thing, and I am going to Canada in a couple days, so I apologize to any Canadians that are listening to this podcast right now when I see this. As long as you're covering American football, you'll never have to go to Canada for work, ever.
1: It's been viewed... What we're talking about, if you don't know what we're talking about, Doug did a fake visit Lebronto tourism ad. It's on YouTube. It's been viewed 8,350 times and only 15 thumbs down. Oh, good. 100 thumbs up. Oh, good. Well, that's also on a Cleveland YouTube. (laughs) USA!
0: USA. Don't read me any comments. I'm in the bunker. Someone
1: said, that's effed up, LMAO.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things. I like taking risks, right? I like doing weird stuff. And then I do it, and I think, dear God, what have I done? A, like, did I just punt my career because I, like, was anti-Canadianist by accident, sort of on purpose, and be like am i just embarrassed
1: the majority there're only 16 comments the majority of them are supportive of what you
0: do oh good thank yeah. you yeah i the the first words i thought i had i had it for like eight words <laughs> i said like looking for a family getaway come to toronto and then I just went, hey, <laughs> for like the next minute. Oh, geez, LeBron sure is good at basketball. And it was just like, I was like, I can't, I'm out. So, um, But I put his head on the Hockey Hall of Fame. I like that. That was yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. I put yeah. his head on the Hockey Hall of Fame. Does he skate? Um, I won't do that for high State football. I promise that. You can do a Texas accent before the TV again. <laughs> <game. laughs> hey, uh... <laughs> so, um, let's get to the the meatiest... We actually have, like, something to break down with rules, because we know you guys love rules. But let's get to the best hypothetical about Joe Burrow that we got.
1: Oh, wait, I can't find it. Where is it? Where is it?
0: It was so good. It made me... I immediately cocked my head like a dog.
1: Okay, here it is. It's from Ethan Adams... He says, if Joe Burrow doesn't break his hand, is he the starter this year instead of transferring? Joe Burrow broke his hand in August of last year, like right before the season started. And that ended the competition between him and Dwayne Haskins for the number two spot. So that's what he's talking about, if you don't know. The question is, if that doesn't happen, is Joe Burrow the starter this year?
0: So can I break that up into two smaller questions first? Yep. If Joe Burrow doesn't break his hand what is the backup quarterback situation last year, first of all? Because I think it's a two-part question.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Because they had to get a look at Haskins. They had not had a look at him in a real game. Correct. So he had to play. So I'm trying to think. Like, the UNLV game, they were up by a million at that halftime. Like, Dwayne Haskins played almost the entire second half. I think maybe that would have happened anyway, just because that's probably your best chance all year to get a prolonged look at Dwayne Haskins. Um. But I think maybe Joe Burrow would have come into the Michigan game.
0: That is because they – so there's garbage time quarterback, and then there's your quarterback got hurt, and we need someone to go in, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So Dwayne Haskins was first in the garbage time rotation because part of the time Joe Burrow was hurt. But then even when Joe Burrow came back, Joe Burrow did get some snaps. But most of the time – I think there might have been one game where Joe Burrow came in before Haskins. But I think most of the time Haskins was was first up in garbage time, right? Yes, Haskins yeah. got more snaps, even when Joe Burrow was healthy, right? Yes. Yeah. But they in preseason last year they were very circumspect about not divulging who the backup quarterback was. We asked a million questions, a million times, "Who's the backup quarterback? Who's the backup quarterback?" And they kept saying nothing. So, so I they think said it was close. Like they was wanted close that to continue, yeah. and then the broken hand sort of answered it. But, but I guess the question. I mean, what what the part, the first part of the question is is do you really think that Joe Burrow would have beaten out Dwayne Haskins? And I think that competition would have continued through the season. Maybe they would have alternated. They probably would have alternated. Who gets to go in first in the blowouts? Because you're equal backups, you're co-backups, right? I guess. But, but then what it comes down to in the end is exactly what you said. Who would have gone into the Michigan game? Because that was the only time all year where you really saw Who's number two? Why do you – so, okay, you've stated yours. Tim, healthy Joe Burrow, Haskins and Burrow both play in garbage time all year. Who do you think would have gone into the Michigan game when JT Barrett got hurt?
2: I really honestly believed it probably would be Burrow. I say that because, you know, Urban would have probably looked at the guy who had the more experience Um, as far as, you know, he got in playing time a little bit the year before. He'd already been sort of like 2A, I guess, having already gotten onto the field. And that would have also really taken away Um, when it comes to this year. What, what everybody is clinging on to for Dwayne Haskins' hype is what he did against Michigan. If that's gone and that's Joe Burrow, we're talking about a completely different quarterback narrative. How Burrow is the guy that rescued Ohio State when JT Barrett got hurt. In the, in the second half of that game, how he led them to the win. You know, they're playing for a big Ten title. They win, and they, the, they go to the Cotton Bowl. And then we still have this unknown quarterback in Dwayne Haskins and we still know nothing other, other than we've been told he's got a rocket arm.
0: I'm not, like, trying to downplay Joe Burrow at all, but he also might have thrown a pick. You know I mean? Like, you just gave, you just gave Joe Burrow the Dwayne Haskins result, which would not have been guaranteed. I, so let me ask you this. This is the second part of the second question. Second part to the first question of the question that I divided into two
2: questions.
0: (laughs) If you believe that Burrow would have gone into the Michigan game, do you believe that because he, over the course of the season, would have, for lack of a better word, won the backup quarterback race? Or do you believe that because in that situation, they still would have been close and Urban would have gone with the guy who is A, older, and B, more like JT?
1: The second part.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's more fit and experience. What do you say, Tim?
2: Agreed with Bill.
0: Okay. I think Haskins would have still gone into in the Michigan game because I think over the course of the season, I think the cor- over the, the the entirety of last season for the backup quarterback job would have been a microcosm. Actually, the spring would have been a microcosm of that, but it would have been the same as the battle they had this spring, which is you're both good, who's a little bit better? And I think over the course of the whole season, we saw Dwayne Haskins Make a mistake, mm-hmm. throw throw some picks. Didn't he have a weird fumble like against, when it was in wet? The rain
1: against Illinois, yeah. like
0: Urban was like, that was terrible." But they put him back out there. Then he made some plays. Like you could see Dwayne Haskins learn and grow on the fly. I believe the same things that led them to pick Dwayne Haskins this spring. And again, the point here is we know they picked Dwayne Haskins because Dwayne Haskins didn't transfer. Joe Burrow transferred. Yeah. So so it's like it's sort of like well what well they didn't tell Joe Burrow, you won the job! And he said, I'm leaving. Like, <laughs> at the very least, they said, it's still too close to call. And he said, the heck with it, I'm out of here. But my guess is that he got some indication that they were either leaning Haskins or going with Haskins. And that's why he left. We can talk about that, too, if you yeah, want. Yeah. But, but I think what what happened in the spring is the same thing that would have happened over the over the course of the year. And that, like... In, in, the, in the meat grinder of the Michigan game, when you need a guy to go in and make a play, you would have put in the guy that you thought was the best player, who I think you may have decided was Dwayne Haskins because you decided that this spring that it was Dwayne Haskins. And so I don't think that the Joe Burrow broken hand is necessarily a butterfly effect in that regard. So that's only the first part of that question. The second well, part... Well,
1: uh, I guess maybe this will go into your second part, but... In my mind, the thing that made them decide that Dwayne Haskins was the better player is what Dwayne Haskins did in the
0: Michigan game. Okay, so let me ask, that, let me ask this then, because again, Tim, you laid out that scenario too. So let's say Joe Burrow did go in to the Michigan game. Does that automatically mean in your mind that Joe Burrow would have won the job this spring?
1: Simply going in, no. I mean, it's, I think it's based on whatever the result was.
0: So you think the deciding factor in the quarterback battle this spring was, in the end, Dwayne Haskins got it done against Michigan? Uh,
1: certainly part of the decision. I don't know. Like, all things considered, if like you, like you, they charted everything, and they've, they've gone through everything with both players, and then in the end, it was very close. Yeah, I think like the Michigan game
2: was Dwayne Haskins' trump card. Tim? Yeah, I'm pretty much right in line with Bill. It wasn't everything, but it's like a tiebreaker.
0: I think Dwayne Haskins' Trump card was his arm. And I think they are who they are. And And we've had this discussion a million times. I think anybody listening to this has some understanding of of how Dwayne Haskins and Joe Burrow are similar to each other and a little bit different from each other. And, Bill, I think you've made some good points over the course of this spring about how they're probably not as different as sometimes we make them out to be. But clearly Dwayne Haskins' thing that he does – the most different from Joe Burrow is like, have a rocket. Yep. Not that Joe Burrow has a bad arm, but Dwayne Haskins has a cannon. And, and my belief of why Dwayne Haskins won this job is less tied to he has proof of getting it done against Michigan and more tied to who he is, how he plays, their understanding of their willingness to shift the offense enough to accent what he does best. And their belief that the best way to get over the top against the best teams in the country in the playoff is with the guy with the big arm. And none of that would have changed. Burrow would still be Burrow and Haskins would still be Haskins. And so to me, I don't think much would have changed because to me, my assumption and my belief is that that is what did it in the end is just who they are and how they play. And there's just a little more Top end ceiling with Dwayne Haskins, and I think they would have come to basically the same conclusion.
1: Seems plausible.
0: <laughs> hypothetical. <laughs> In conclusion, the hypothetical question: the answer is maybe. maybe. I love that stuff, though. I mean, that was a great question. But yeah. the, but also though, at the time. There, we wrote and asked a lot about it. it was like, did, did Joe Burrow did like Joe Burrow like seal his transfer yeah. with the broken hand because he just took himself out of the running? And then actually, he did get back into it more than I expected when he broke it because there was some uncertainty about how long it was going to be. If it was going to be like a two month injury, he wouldn't have played till November. But he was back. When did he play? He only missed like four games. I'm
1: looking it up right. Now.
0: Right. I mean that that he did. It seemed. Less devastating to his chances and to his standing in the end than maybe I believed that it would be when it happened.
1: He played on November 20th or sorry, September twenty third against UNLV,
0: which was game four, right? Game four. Yeah. So he played. So he only missed three games because of the injury, and then I guess he had the brace on his hand, mm-hmm. and I think they worked him back a little bit. I think when he did he throw against UNLV, he did. He did. Okay. Four for four. Shit, how is that, that guy not the starter? Four for four? Lit up the Rebs? What's up, 37 Herbs?
1: yards, no touchdowns.
0: What? 37 yards? What is going he on? He started
1: the year six for six.
0: What? <laughs> Someone asked, there was definitely a question of, uh, like, like, are you going to cry or did you cry when yeah. you read the news um,
1: wist, wistfully gaze off into the distance.
0: I would play Cats in the Cradle, but I'm sure like there's a rights issue, and I'm sure it would bankrupt the company. So yeah, one way or the other. Yeah. So and the cats, I'll just sing it. <laughs> cats in the cradle and silver spoon. Little Joe Burrow's going to Gainesville. Yeah. <laughs> um, do we want to do predictions real quick? Hard, fast, hard predictions before we get to the next question. Joe Burrow this fall will be the starting quarterback. Assuming we think he'll be the starting quarterback for Florida. Florida. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you said hard and fast, boom, bum no, boom. That's good. I don't, I don't know. I'm just making it up. I, I actually, here's. You're looking at your phone like you have a text that says, Joe Burrow's going to Florida. My girlfriend
1: if you didn't vote, don't come home. Well,
0: Joe Burrow transferred, man. How am I supposed to get well, out we vote get into... I think we can vote I think we can vote for another hour. Can you vote illegally at my polling precinct? Maybe. It's fine.
2: We also discussed you know, the, the ruling. Why, in particular, why Florida may be a better option, than Nebraska? Because aren't there? We, t- you and I talked about Doug. You know, the rules for, you know, now that he's a grad transfer. Uh,
0: no, no, no. We're not at the rules yet. We're going to do a whole rules section.
2: Okay.
1: I was just going to say that, like, it's LSU seems like a very hot name at the moment, and we you know just this just happened. I don't think that would be good for him. Agreed. I don't think he'd be well coached there. I think it would be a very tough position because he would be viewed as a savior coming to LSU to help lift up a program that hasn't been able to figure out its quarterback in a decade, and I just don't think that's a good spot. So, and if he picks it, like good luck. I, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think it'll be awful. I just think it's a really tough position to be in.
2: And after losing Darius Geist to the NFL, I don't. Even, I can't even tell you LSU's starting running back is. I mean, they
1: recruit well. Like, they, there's probably guys who run four threes all over the place. It's just that like the there will be not that there's pressure to Ohio State certainly. I'm not naive to that different kind of pressure. I think if you were to go into that LSU situation.
0: And, and again, we were joking about like urban Meyer friends. I'm assuming that like the relationship there is still good. I, I don't know any reason why it wouldn't be. Um, and that urban Meyer would be advising Joe Burrow, if Joe Burrow wants any advice. And I just think that urban Meyer, not just because they're friends, but because he knows him because the offenses are similar. Cause he urban Meyer has trust and belief in Dan Mullen, who was a quarterback's coach. Um, In terms of running that offense and running that team, that he just would probably make a case for Florida more than he would. Not that he'd make a case against LSU, but Florida just seems tailor made in a lot of ways. I mean, it's just it's Ohio State South. I mean, like it's and they Dan Mullins are really good quarterback. He's really good.
2: I wonder how that phone call would go if it hasn't happened already. It's the same one they had when uh, Florida took Emory Jones. Ring, ring,
0: ring, ring, Dan. Hi, Urban. Hey Dan, remember uh, remember that time that I uh, gave you your career? Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for that. Yeah, listen, you got to take Emory Jones. What? Okay, yeah, he's good. It's just not going to work out here. So thanks for, anyway, and uh, uh, I'll see you uh, when I need you for a coaching clinic. Can I, Urban? Can I use the uh, beach house? Can I use the lake house? Because Urban still has a lake house in Gainesville.
1: So yeah, somewhere in Florida. Yeah.
0: yeah. So. Yeah, someone also asked, I think, us to recreate the uh, Joe Burrow-Urban Meyer conversation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that we would recreate that the way that people would assume. How would you, unless we want to actually find the question, uh, how would you recreate, what do you think the Urban Meyer-Joe Burrow conversation was? And who do you think started it?
1: I mean, it wasn't, I don't know. I'm not good at these things. Um I guess Urban started it. Like, they have sit-downs with all the guys. I think that's, that's like, protocol regardless of what's happening. So Ryan Day sat down with all the quarterbacks, and Meyer sat down with all the quarterbacks and, like, explained the situation to them. And I actually think that the answer that was given to Joe Burrow is, like, we want you to come and compete for the job in the fall. Not, I don't think it was that we're leaning towards Dwayne, because they would have wanted him to stay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, I think it was something along those lines. Without me doing fake voices for people, I think Gerber Meyer would have just told him,
0: like, we want you to come and compete with Dwayne. I think uh, they had that conversation, and Joe said, okay, I'm going to take all this information and um, and take everything under consideration. And then, like, two days later, like, there was a knock on Urban's door, and like, a headband peeked around the corner and said, like, I'm out. <laughs> and Urban was like, dang it. Like, I I don't think – like, I don't think this was an Urban Meyer – of course they had the the meetings, like they said with everybody. But, like, I think Joe Burrow told Urban Meyer, I'm leaving. And Joe Burrow was like – and Urban Meyer was like, come on, man. Don't. Don't. And he's like, nope, I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Like, please stay. Nope.
2: He's all like, come on. Yeah.
1: Come on. So,
0: you know, I mean, I think – but I think it's a smart move. I think it's a smart move for Joe, and I think it's a smart move for Ohio State, as I wrote. I do think – do you guys – I wrote I wrote that uh, – and we'll get back to your questions. I wrote that Joe Burrow made the smart move for himself, but also the smart move for Ohio State because he took the 2015 situation and a quarterback battle between two able, um, well-liked, competent quarterbacks that ended up being a bad thing in the end for Ohio State with Cardale Jones and JT Barrett. He took that off the table. Do you agree that Joe Burrow making this decision for Ohio State was actually good for Ohio State? Or do you disagree because you think the best thing for Ohio State is to have as many good quarterbacks on the roster as possible, and they would be better if Joe Burrow was here, and then they'd just figure it out? Uh, I think both things are good, but I like eliminating the potential
2: for 2015 more than having two guys who could start. Same here. Worst possible thing for a sitting quarterback is looking over his shoulder. 2015 taught us that. And it's good for Ohio State, like you said, Doug, that that's not happening.
0: Okay. More questions.
1: I'm trying to find one we didn't ha- touch on already.
0: We got like a million questions, but they're like all sort of in the same vein.
1: Yeah. Like, do we want to get into like how, what this means
0: for the offense and Haskins? Yeah, no, I think we can get into some Dwayne and then we'll get to the rule. If you're really interested in the rule stuff, we'll do our best. We're going to give you a podcast level, level of information, which is some information, some made-up stuff. We're not going to give you a story-level quality of information because we're still gathering that. Uh, but we have some information, and, and it, transferring within the Big Ten is <clears throat> certainly more complicated than transferring out of the Big Ten. So that's something to consider, and we'll get into that in a little bit.
1: Okay. Evan Eimel says, Haskins is our quarterback. Offense is in. Oh wait, this isn't the question. This question is not what I thought it was. Oh. <laughs> I should have read the whole
0: thing. <laughs> I thought he was asking about offensive changes. And what's your freaking problem, Landis? He, he asked.
1: Uh, we talked about it, but he said the offense is in major scheme transition. Does this hurt Tate's chances of ever being the starter at Ohio State? Uh, no.
0: If anything, it increases them, doesn't it? One yeah. one less guy in front of him. Well I guess he's he's I think he's implying that if they are like moving away from wanting a quarterback who's like a run first quarterback who's a dual threat guy who runs the zone read and they're gonna move toward a oh, okay. a big armed offense with a guy who, yes, as you used has functional mobility, mm-hmm. which also would be a great name for a strip club. Yep. I thought. Is oh, that already on the yeah. list? Oh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like like a, like a strip club where it's like it's not it's not the highest end, mm-hmm. but I mean it's it's functionally functional. mobile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so they they want a quarterback. They don't they don't ever want a statue back there. Urban Meyer will never want that because they believe and rely on um, the athleticism of the quarterback too much. But if you believe that a move to Dwayne Haskins and the recruitment of Grant Ginnell and all these things and Matthew Baldwin are moving them toward a different kind of system in general, maybe that would be coupled with a belief that now Tate all of a sudden would not fit the new system. But I would say no. They know the other thing, like yeah. The J.T. Yeah. Barrett, Braxton Miller, Tim Tebow, that J- that offense, they can call in their sleep, mm-hmm. and so they could snap their fingers and create the Tate Martell offense in five minutes. Yeah. So I think yeah. if they do go, and if and if it is, and it's going to be, it's going to be the story of the preseason is how much. Are they really changing the offense, and it's going to be a whole preseason of us asking and them saying nothing, and then we're going to get to the Oregon State game to find out. But if they do change to any degree, even substantially, they could change back instantaneously, I'm sure of it.
1: I, yeah, I agree with that. And I also think that, like, Tate, Tate Martell has uh, gains to make in his throwing ability, but I think he can get – like, I think he has the, the arm strength. It's like – it's it's fine-tuning that to maybe make him a little more accurate and and, and – Uh, versatile, I think, in the throws he can make. Um, So like at the moment, the offense are going to run with Dwayne Haskins. Like At the moment, I don't think Tate Martell can run, but if you ask me that question again in the year, my answer could very likely change.
0: And it's also one of the things, I think a lot of times, at some levels, people get wound up about, not wound up, people believe in the idea of your backup quarterback should kind of be like your starter, so if they have to come into the middle of a game, you can sort of do the same thing. But again, everybody on this roster has run this offense. Yeah. And so I do think if if Dwayne Haskins did come out in the middle of a game, for any reason, at the game it would not not because it was garbage time, but the game was still on the line, when Tate Martell came in, I do believe that the offense would instantaneously look a little different. Or do you think that if if Dwayne Haskins is playing against a good team and in two minutes into the second quarter? Uh, someone steals his helmet, and he has to spend the rest of the half looking for his helmet. And Tate Martell comes in. Would they run the? Ex- would, it, would the offense look exactly the same with Tate as it just had looked with with Dwayne Haskins?
1: No, I don't. Th- I think it would have to change a little bit.
0: Change a, a change enough that fans would notice it. Yeah, but I do not think it would be a difficult transition.
1: No, no, I don't think so because it's all built off the same stuff. Yes, like we've said it before. The ball is going to get snapped to Dwayne Haskins, and he's going to do all the same stuff that J.T. Barrett would have done on a read option. It's just that when he pulls the ball, instead of keeping it, he's going to throw it. But like everything else in the play, kind of happens the same. So everything else in the play would kind of happen the same for Tate Martell, it's just that he'll probably run it.
0: And you just—and this is the main thing. I think it's the point they make over and over: is the playbook doesn't change. They—they've said that a million times. Yeah. And I think we know the playbook doesn't change. But you do change the plays that you call right. from the playbook right. because there are a lot more plays in the playbook than what you call on a given Saturday. So you just call the ones that fit the skill set of the guy behind center. Yeah, and that's all, and that's and that's okay for them to say that. I wish they would, but we understand you're not making up.
1: Yeah, there's not two books. Yeah, or three books, whatever. Yeah,
0: but it's a big thick book.
1: Great. Right. Uh, Tyler Shoemaker says. Two-part question, I guess. Uh, With Barrow gone, do you think Haskins' approach changes at all this summer? And then he said, since the decision has been made, regardless of who you wanted as the quarterback, is this better than having no decision going into the fall? Um, I think, like, I, I thought Haskins had a pretty good way about him in the spring, and I wrote a story, like, he was acting like he was a starter, which is what guys who were in quarterback competitions say all the time, but he seemed to be backing it up. So, like, I think he's been in this mindset for a while. I think, frankly, he's been in this mindset since he showed up um it's just like actually happening for him now so i think he'll be okay and um second part of the question i do think that this
0: is better than having no decision going into the fall tim do you think it's better than no decision absolutely okay. 100% i i don't know if it's it's sure as heck better than having no decision on september 1st yeah, yeah. I, I don't know like I, I you know again as we've said a million times before the thing that the thing that it didn't the quarterback competition didn't scare me. It was the quarterback decision and sticking to it. So, you know, I, I would – if Joe Burrow stayed, I would not have like in the first week of August been like, oh my god, they got to figure that – you know. yeah, we had been like, let the competition play out, but then when you pick the guy, let him be the guy. That would have been the main thing. So it's, it's the decision, not the competition, but yes, I, I think in the end, um, this is best.
1: Uh, Patrick Dyer and I kind of gave my answer to this already, but I, and I don't know if you guys did or not. So you cannot answer if you did. Patrick Dyer said, uh, "Do we know if Burrow was told Haskins won the job? Was he asked to compete again in the summer and didn't want to wait that long for an answer, or will we ever know for sure? I don't think we'll ever know. Maybe we'll know. Maybe everyone will say it. I doubt it, though. But what I, do you what do you you think he got told? Maybe they were leaning more toward
0: Haskins. I think there's maybe a lean I, because I." I don't know that Joe Burrow would have settled for – Joe Burrow seems like a person who this spring was very interested in controlling his own destiny. And I don't know if he would have like let them get away with it's wide open, compete for the job.
1: Like you think it's possible they said that and he said like that's not good enough.
0: But like like, if the whole – like the thing that a reporter does, if there was a game today, who would start? Because you can't put both guys on the field. Right. I understand that, like, you don't have to make a final decision, so you haven't made a final decision. But if there was a game today, who would start? Be honest. Yeah. Joe, we really thought, who would start? Joe, I just, who would start? Joe, who would start? Dwayne. See ya. Yeah. And I don't think, and I, if, 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 that, if that conversation reenactment to you sounded uh, a little angry, that's just my natural anger coming through. <laughs> I don't think that that conversation would at all have to be angry. It's just it's just a coach who's interested in keeping a player and a player who's interested in playing and them getting getting down to the nuts and bolts of it, but but I would hope because I do, and I don't think I, Urban Meyer wouldn't lie. Who would start? We love you, Joe. Who would start? I w- who would start? You, Joe. You would start. Really? Okay, I'll stay then. Like, if that... I don't think he would lie <laughs> to keep him. I think he would tell him the truth if yeah. Joe pressed him on him. And if I were Joe Burrow, that's what I would do. Urban, I love you. I couldn't... This university and this football program... Couldn't have done more for me in my time here, but I just, I think I deserve, I've given you everything I could give you. I think I deserve to know where I stand. If there was a game today, who would start? And I understand that we don't have a game today, but where do I stand, Urban? I think Dwayne, I think we'd go with Dwayne at the moment. I think that would be a very honest and real conversation. And I don't think that's uh, only in my head. I, I think there's very possible that it went something like that.
1: That segues nicely into this question from our main man, Cyn- Cynical Negro, who, by the way, and Doug DeLillo might have just been messing with me, but he told me they went to high school together.
0: Really? Yeah. Can you ask DeLillo if he's actually cynical? Sure. Okay.
1: Uh, his question was, do you think Burrow, actually ha- or Burrow really had a shot to win the job, or did Urban just want to convince him to
2: stick around so that he had a competent backup?
0: Tim, do you think he really had a shot?
2: Yeah, I I do. I mean, if you – considering everything we had heard for a month, you know, from Urban, from the assistants, from everybody, it would have been, it would have had to be the great, like, it, who would have benefit if Urban Meyer had gone to his assistants and been like, okay, Dwayne's our starter, but we're going to mess with everybody for the next six weeks. We're going to purposely tell, we're all purposely going to say that, you know, no one separated themselves. Like, it would be, have to be the greatest conspiracy of all time for Joe Burr to have not had a shot and he played in the spring game like a guy who had a legitimate shot like those two were close we talked about it after the spring game it was close so based on everything i've heard and everything i've seen you can't i i had to believe it wasn't going to be Dwayne's the lose that they were le- there was more of a legitimate of a battle than maybe we were we thought it was going to be at the end of the last season yeah i think he had a legitimate
0: shot
1: and i don't know if i thought that coming into the spring but by the end of the spring, I was convinced he had a shot to win it.
0: And I do think – I don't think it had to be like 50-50 toss-up going into spring to consider him – to consider Burrow having a legitimate shot. Yeah. Because I don't think – I think we all cr- quickly came around to the idea that this was a real competition, maybe more than we thought, as you guys said. But I also don't think it was 50-50. Like if 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 Urban in his head was like, oh, I think it's probably like 60, 65, 70 percent chance that it's Dwayne. But – that, but Joe has like a 30, 35, 40% chance that, you know, at their, And that's the thing. If we think they both were good, pretty good, if they were both pretty good and Dwayne won, then they weren't even when they started. Yeah. But then you leave open, I think a legitimate chance means if Dwayne is good and Joe is great, if Dwayne is bad and Joe is good, then you're open to a change. And I, I do believe that. I do believe that. That if some, for some reason, Dwayne Haskins would have come out this spring and just shown like, I don't know about this guy. Um, I think absolutely Joe, Joe Burrow could still be here and be the starting quarterback.
1: Seth Shaner on the same topic says, I still feel like the Joe Burrow might win the starting quarterback job narrative was closer to Tony Alford pumping up Antonio Williams as a guy who could kick for Ohio State, a way to pump up a good soldier who would soon be gone. I, I disagree
0: with that. Yeah, I think we're on the lookout for that stuff. Yeah, We try to be on the lookout for stuff that's just not realistic. Um, and... Yeah. And I would not believe that. Now, I might buy I might buy a Dwayne Haskins' is J.K. Dobbins, Joe Burrow's Mike Weber comparison. That like they talk about how they're gonna like sort of split the carries and stuff, but like don't you really believe that J.K. Dobbins is gonna get more? Yeah. And be relied on more. It's like and a step that,
1: up from from the Antonio Williams conversation. That Mike
0: Weber in the end might be a little disappointed about how things go, but I honestly believe he'll be part of the offense. But I don't know that Mike Weber's going to get as much as he wants in the end. Yeah. So I think that's more of a realistic thing. That that if if this was a if quarterback was running back, I think that might be what it turned out to be. It's just the position. Like if you if you could split it, if you could legitimately split the reps the way they're going to split Dobbins and Weber. Like if they say it's going to be like they they, Tony Alford tries to make it sound like they're going to have two tailbacks, right? I don't believe that.
1: No, I don't think it I don't think so either.
0: But I think if it's, if we think the carry load is going to be sixty five thirty five, or something like that, yeah, I think if you could do that at quarterback, and I'm certainly not suggesting they do that because it would set their season on fire. If that was actually how the position worked, I actually think that might have been exactly an exact comparison for what this was.
1: Michael Enio says uh, twenty fifteen had to play a role in Urban's thinking here, right? With a roster roster similar to 2015, do you expect the offense to be more pass-heavy now or run first and throw when needed? In my opinion, with Haskins' superior arm talent compared to JT, offense will be best suited if they unleash Dwayne. Um, I don't think they'll ever not be a run-first team. Just like where the runs come from are going to be different now, but they're still going to run the ball more than they throw it. Um, and I wrote a story last year about how they got away from that a little bit because I think they were so keen on trying to improve the passing game that they lost their identity a little bit. And their identity is still a power run team, regardless of who the quarterback is. It's just the power runs are going to be coming almost exclusively from the running backs now as opposed to a mix of running back and quarterback power. The quarterback power was a very good play for Ohio State, and and JT Barrett was great at it. Um, it's just that it's not Dwayne Haskins' game. so. I think you'll see a similar run game from the running back perspective and a more diversified passing game, but
0: it will still be run first. Agreed. I do think those they're going to be drives where it's like it was a nine play touchdown drive with eight runs. Yeah. I mean, I think that'll happen. We've seen the drive where they, like the defense just can't block them. If you can't block them. I and mean, I think they'll always try that first. They not block them can't like, can't beat the Like box you team. can't you can't like our offensive line is dominating. Why would we do anything else? And I do agree they got away from that. Last year, it's funny. It's like as much as we say this is going to be like a, a bigger passing offense, they absolutely last year at times were throwing, not because they necessarily thought it was like the most effective way to attack that defense, but because they thought we need to practice throwing. Yeah, them. they were
1: practicing in games. Yeah. yeah. So, but then when they stomped Michigan State, they just ran it down Michigan State's throat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Alexis asks, How hard will it be for Urban to fully embrace the style necessary for Haskins to succeed?
0: It's not his nature,
1: but... No, I th- yeah, I think I, I wrote this in one of the things we had up on Cleveland.com on, what's today, Tuesday? Um, Dwayne Haskins is going to take Irvin out of his comfort zone. And again, to say the thing we've said a million times about Dwayne Haskins, like you recruited him for a reason. I think you recruited him to do that. But I don't think it's going to be an easy transition for him. Even against Oregon State in the first quarter, when Dwayne Haskins tries to throw a ball between a cornerback and a safety to Austin Mack the way he threw the ball between a cornerback and a safety against Michigan, that ball very nearly got picked off, and it was it was on time, and Mac made a great catch. It was a gate throw, but those are risky throws that JT Barrett didn't make, and I'm not enough of a Tim Tebow expert to know if he would have made them, but I'm assuming he didn't because he didn't have the arm to do it. Dwayne Haskins has the arm to take some risks, and that will take Urban very much out of his comfort zone.
0: And I do think that's part of the reason why I think it's sort of like good for Burrow to go, because I think you have to let Dwayne Haskins make mistakes. I think you have to let Dwayne Haskins throw a couple picks and like if Dwayne Haskins throws two picks in the first half, you can't take him out. Like you have to ride with some of that if it happens to get the good things to happen, which yeah. and there are good things about a guy who's willing to make throws like that. Um and so so I do I do think it'll be hard. I think Ryan Day is going to play a big role in this. In, in trying to move them along?
1: I think I I had this, I have like a list of things that I want to write um, or just like, and this isn't really like a fully formed story idea at the moment. I think like the question I just wrote down is like, how did Ryan Day get Urban Meyer to change his mind on quarterbacks? Yeah. So I don't like, but I think you're right. I think that, yeah, something – and maybe it wasn't Ryan Day. Maybe it was just like the natural evolution of college football and like he saw Deshaun Watson and he saw Baker Mayfield and thought, well, I have to have a quarterback who can throw it better. I mean, I do – something happened.
0: Don't you think, Tim, that that had to have some effect that when you think about them losing, right? They don't lose very much, but they got smoked by yeah. an NFL quarterback and Deshaun Watson. And then they came back and they got smoked again by an NFL quarterback in Baker Mayfield. And then against Iowa, they had a lot of problems, but that Nate Stanley made a lot of throws that day. Mm -hmm. Urban Meyer has to, when Urban Meyer, if Urban Meyer sits down and says, what's the difference between us and Clemson and us in Oklahoma on those Saturdays? It's not like Ohio State's short. They're not short on athletes. They're not short on offensive linemen. They're not short on defensive linemen. They're not short on linebackers. They're not short on running backs. Where are they short? They're short in the throw game, and I think they're short in, like, the design and um, ingenuity in the throw game, and they're short on playmaking receivers and a guy who can sling it. So if you're Urban Meyer, don't you have to let that influence you?
2: Yeah, definitely, and I'm trying to think of, other than Iowa, The last, I was trying to run through them ahead. Outside of Iowa, the last time Ohio State lost, were throwing couldn't have helped them win the game, and I admit – that's a long list. I mean, if you exclude Iowa in 2011, you have to go back pretty far. Because historically, Ohio State has not had good throwers. I mean, I think I looked at the only first-round quarterback Ohio State ever had was Arch Lister, and that was way back in the 1980s. That's, almost, that's more than three decades Ohio State's gone without having a first-round draft pick at quarterback. That's not the end-all, be-all. They've had decent ones, but they haven't had a guy who can win games with his arm. And if you have that guy, it's almost impossible to defend him if he's accurate. They learned that the hard way with Baker Mayfield. They learned that the hard way with Deshaun Watson. And they've seen Watson and Tua Tagovailoa win national championships by throwing, albeit being risky, aggressive passers. And so I think, to your point, if you're a you have to be like, okay, this is how we're trending now. I have to be, I have to be willing to live with that mistake if... That potential, that title potential, is available in Dwayne Haskins.
0: I want to sit down with Urban and, like, just wouldn't it be great to just, like, get a half hour with him? Yeah. About, like, this, like, honest discussion about this kind of stuff? Evolving. Your your evolving views on offense and what it takes to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've tried to ask him about the court. And it's it's different because I've been asking about, like, recruiting and what you identify. But he... Is reluctant to say it at the podium, but I think if you really
0: sat down with him, like just scheme, like yeah, just like getting over the top, you know, like we, yeah, like the idea of here we're we basically think that, and I think a lot of people think you've got you've got to have an elite throw when you get against the best of the best. Um, that really helps you, and and does he feel that way?
1: I think and, the other part of of that question too is about the quarterback run and like not having that. He called it the get out of jail free card, or so everyone always called it, and he doesn't have it. Yep. With Haskins, and I think that that's probably in the end the greater adjustment than, than a quarterback who's willing to take more risk throwing the ball. So maybe we should have talked about that first. But I, I thought I wanted the, I the sent you this story. I don't know if you read it um, the other day. It's from Ian Boyd on SB Nation. And he wrote about how the offense is going to go more pro style without JT Barrett. And he had a line in the story that I thought was good. It was, uh, Stopping the run game on third and one might be easier for defenses, but preventing a touchdown on second and one is going to be more complicated. And I thought that that was a very sort of astute way to sum up how the offense was going to change. I think regardless of who it was, but especially with Dwayne Haskins, a quarterback.
0: And I think, I think the hope, and I think the it's a reasonable belief to think you're going to get significantly better on second and one and JK Dobbins and Mike Weber um, can get you close enough to what you did on third and one. Yeah. With the QB run, yeah. you know, that like you, you're going to lean up. Those guys want it. I asked Mike Weber about that. Like Mike Weber Mike Weber is dying for the ball on third and one. Of course, nobody's going to complain when JT keeps it and JT gets it all the time. But Mike Weber's dying to be that guy. Like, please, like that's what everybody else does. Hand it to your big physical tailback behind your big physical offensive line on third and one. Don't let the quarterback run it. So, But on second and one, let's take some shots. I mean, it was weird. I mean, in the end, and again, that's the thing we have to remember. There was that stretch all last year. We've talked about the throw game for two years. They've known... The la- in 2016 and 2017, they said they knew the number one thing they had to do better. The number one thing in the whole offseason was we need to throw it better. For two years, they said that. Yep. But they still they tried to do it with a guy who didn't th- who throwing wasn't what he did best. So they have actually on some level made the 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 adjustment mentally, made the adjustment with their scheme and their strategy. They just hadn't made the adjustment in personnel because they stuck. With the veteran quarterback who wasn't a throw first quarterback. And that was fine. I mean, again, I'm not I'm not like relitigating should they have benched JT Barrett for Dwayne Haskins. But all that time it's like we talked how how many times did we talk about throwing it more? Urban would get up there at the end of the season. We gotta throw it better. It's what he said at the
1: podium after the festival when they beat Notre Dame, right? It was like his his edict going into the or edict yeah the word, but going into the twenty 20- off season between 2015 and 2016. It was like the first, like they had just beat Notre Dame in the fiesta. Was like, we're going to throw it better. Yep. Like you just won like 49 to 20 or something like that. And that's what you're thinking
0: about. And, 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 but this is the first time. So they have already they've been in the we're going to throw it better era of Ohio State football for two years. And they finally have a thrower. Out.
1: I was going to say, we're coming up on, I think, on two hours. So.
2: Now, I think the first part was actually, like be 45 minutes, so I think we're in like hour 35 territory. So do we want to do a few more questions, or do we want to get to your, your rules to
1: wrap it up?
0: Oh, yeah, well, uh, are there any more like unique questions? I mean, there are a
1: ton of them. They're, they're, I'm not, we're never going to get to all of them. There's so but, many.
0: But they're, they're, are there like topics, like things? Yeah, the first one was only 45.
1: Yeah, so we're right. at about hour 36. Okay, we can go a little bit. G Nilly says, how would you rate how Urban handled this situation?
0: Good. I, I don't have a quibble. I don't. And,
1: like, we're not privy to the private conversations, but I asked Joe Burrow after the spring game, like, are you happy with how this was handled? And he said, like, he couldn't have been more emphatic, yes. So if he's good with it, then I'm good with it.
0: Yep. Yep. No, I think – I think, and, and, and frankly, I mean, like, I think he gets a, an A for how he handled it, but he also, like, didn't have to take the final. This is the equivalent of your teacher. Joe Burrow said, Urban, if this photo gets – 100,000 retweets, I'll transfer, <laughs> and you don't have to take the final of picking a quarterback 401 advanced coaching for national championship contenders. And Buckeye Nation retweeted the heck out of it, and the t- decision was made for him. Christian Zilstra,
1: I apologize if I said that last name wrong, says, If Joe Burrow goes to insert Big Ten school here, they instantly become a conference championship contender over the next two years.
0: True or false? No, yes no. Or no? Like, what, He's what? a team, statement. Oh, what oh, team, oh fill oh, in the blank. Oh, which, oh.
1: which Big Ten team instantly becomes a conference championship contender over the next oh, year? Oh, easy. Rutgers. Rutgers.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> for all you know, for all we know, for all Joe Burrow knows, Rutgers. Um,
1: <laughs> Like, I think we have, like, we'll, we'll do more, I think, in depth stuff on the Big Ten, but people really like Wisconsin because Wisconsin is like, everybody back. Like, everyone's excited because they have Alex Hornerbrook back and, like, their entire offensive line and Jonathan Taylor, which is, like, great. Um, I don't know. I think Joe Burrow can turn Nebraska into a contender. I think it,
0: I think the answer – I think it's, like – I think the, it's the combination of of Scott Frost and Joe Burrow, I think, would do that. I don't know that there's another answer because, like, I mean, we could play, like, Michigan, you know, like, but yeah, like realistic course, they, things they them, yeah. and things that actually could happen. Like, I don't – As I, we all think Joe Burrow's good. I said I think he's one of the best six – and we could talk about that too. You know my thing, like, made a guy mad, right? I told you that. No. Yeah. Um,
1: made who mad? Like an Ohio State fan?
0: No. There was, like, a basically – the thing I wrote that we talked about in the podcast and that I wrote after the spring game that Ohio State has three of the best eight quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Yeah. Like, that – Claim became a story on another beat.
1: Oh, what beat?
0: I'll tell you in a second. Right (laughs) Uh, right after this, um, like I don't like if he went to Minnesota. I don't. He wouldn't. If he went to Rutgers, he wouldn't. Like maybe Maryland.
1: Yeah, I was thinking Maryland.
0: I mean, you've detailed Tim multiple times in this podcast. Their misery at quarterback last year, and I do think DJ Durkin's been upping the overall talent level there. Like is Maryland. Somebody we should throw on the radar? I don't know. I don't know who they're.
2: I mean, they don't need them, but. They, get, they got the two quarterbacks and Pigri- Terrell Pigram and Kasim Hill, who should be healthy, but I almost want to throw a hot take into that question. And hot say, take. Nobody. There is no answer. And the reason I say there is no answer. I got to admit, I have an answer. <laughs> Joe Burrow is better than Alex Hornabrook. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well. I-,
0: I don't think there is no answer, quite frankly qualifies as a hot take <laughs> my hot take is there is no take no but explain explain why you say that
2: well nebraska seems like the most likely option of the big 10 nebraska's defense was terrible last year joe Burrow going there is not going to magically make nebraska's defense good enough no matter how many points the Cornhuskers huskers score and i just looked at their schedule they play at michigan at wisconsin and at ohio state that sucks conference champion you can't those are Probably three losses for basically every other, almost any other team in the Big Ten, and you have three losses in the West, you're not going to... Connor, right now, Nebraska wins at Michigan.
0: Let me ask this, though. We've seen Joe Burrow pull a tire. Oh, yeah. Could Joe Burrow play both ways at Nebraska?
1: Um, yeah, I think, like, one of his brothers is a linebacker at Nebraska. Yeah. It's in the jeans. His dad's a defensive coordinator.
0: How hard is it, really? I mean, it's not that hard.
1: No, I, I imagine it's, it's easy. Everyone does it. That's His dad's
0: a defensive good. coordinator. Yeah. Joe Burrow is more prepared to play both ways than anybody in college football in the last, like, 90 years. Outside of Chris Gamble? Outside of Chris Gamble. And Cam Johnson. And Charles Woodson. <laughs> and Jibril Peppers. Yeah. Um, that was kind of my hot take. Did I have a thing to Luke say? Lukewarm at best. Well,
1: I mean... you want I want you to tell me the beat. Or- oh, that's the story. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. So I wrote that Ohio State has three of the best eight quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And I said the other five were Shea Patterson at Michigan, Clayton Thorson at Northwestern, Brian Lewerke at Michigan State, Alex Hornerbrook at Wisconsin, and Trace McSorley at Penn State. And somehow, I don't know how it happened, but Brian Ferentz, the Iowa offensive coordinator, (laughs) was like, we can get the story was like, well, this some guy in Columbus who must not get out very much said Ohio State has three of the best eight quarterbacks in the Big 10 and didn't say Nate Stanley. Well, I think Nate Stanley's pretty good. And then the guy like Brian Lowry or Brian Ferrance doesn't know who the hell I am, but the guy who wrote the story for the Des Moines Register like pulled my story up and like put my name in and said like this is what I wrote and Brian Ferrance was mad at me. That that? I didn't include Nate, that I basically said that Joe Burrow and Tate Martell were better than Nate Stanley.
2: We're talking about the same Brian Ferentz who was reprimanded by Kirk Ferentz for having an argument on the press box last season, though.
0: For swearing, right? Yeah. He got in trouble for swearing? Let me say this. If Brian Ferentz got in trouble for swearing, then we are kindred spirits. I don't think this should be driving us apart. I think it should be bringing us together.
2: I'm trying to find it. It's the like quote. a stepbrothers moment when you're like, did we just oh. become best
1: friends? Here, yeah, here, okay. So uh, Ference, this is from the it's from Hawkcentral.com, which is the Wayne register. Chad uh Le- to is that he Yeah, his name?
2: Chad is a very nice
0: guy. Chad votes in the preseason Big Ten poll that we do.
1: Okay, so Ference pointed out that he read an article from Quote or parentheses without naming him, Cleveland Plain Dealer writer Doug Lee Maurice following Ohio State's April 14th spring game. The article examined a three-way battle in Columbus to succeed Big Ten conference legend J.T. Barrett, at quarterback. And here's the quote from Brian Ferentz. He said, I know the world's not real big outside of Columbus. I understand that. But they mentioned that there are eight top quarterbacks in the Big Ten. They mentioned three of them are at Ohio State. And then they mentioned five other guys that I don't recall. And then he said, I really feel strongly that Nate Stanley is a very good football player. And he was not mentioned in the top eight, which surprised me. Nate Stanley. Against- oh wait, there's more. Oh, sorry. He says, and then he said, "That's as close as you're going to get get to me stirring up trouble again today." I guess what I'm saying is the Cleveland writer was wrong, <laughs> and I think Nate Stanley is at least the eighth best quarterback in the conference out of 14.
2: Nate Stanley against Wisconsin. Wait,
0: into the into the microphone.
2: Nate Stanley against Wisconsin. Eight of 24, 41 yards, one pick. I mean, he lit up Ohio State, so so Let's
1: here-
0: not pretend like he sucks. Three things. Three things. One is he lit up Ohio State. And it was not – and I did – like I can't say that – it wasn't like that Nate Stanley slipped my mind and I forgot he existed and I didn't put him in there. I like chose not to put him in there um, because, as Tim noted, what was he against Boston College in their bowl game?
2: He was – 8 of 15 for 99 yards. His completion percentage is only 50%. If you want to point out a wart, he he has not completed 60% of his passes.
0: So he killed Ohio State that day. But actually, ironically, I gave most of the credit for that on that day to...
1: Brian Ferentz. Brian Ferentz. called a masterful game. Brian Fellows. By uh, running play action and throwing the ball to the tight end. He was 20 of 31 for 226 yards and five touchdowns against Ohio State.
2: Yeah. That was his second, his third best completion percentage game of of the season.
0: So I also think he's big, isn't he? Like six five or something. Like yeah. he's like a, he's yeah. like Josh six, Allen, 6'5, yeah. 6'5,
2: six five two twelve.
0: So so I get it, but I'm just astounded by that. like the word Iowa and Nate Stanley. Like how hard? So there's two things at play here. One is Brian Ference is listening right now. What up, Fair? <laughs> <laughs> or like somebody like put it in front of him, right? That like yeah, they... but like it's not like I said. It's not like I listed the guys they're better than. Like the name Nate Stanley and the word Iowa did not appear in that story. And I was writing it for like Ohio State people. And it's like, the, like he had to go a long way to get offended by that. Yeah. Which, again, I appreciate because I have gone a long way to be offended in the past. <laughs> so my only hope is that this ends with Brian Ferentz being a guest on Buckeye Talk. That'd be great. Which I actually, I'm probably going to call Iowa and ask if they would like to make that happen. And then we can like patch it up, get through it, and then just talk about swearing in the press box. And we can
1: also ask him if he also gets an extra year tacked onto his contract like his dad every time Iowa wins four games.
0: Are you- <laughs> See, now we're not going to get him. <laughs> thanks a lot, Landis. Can
2: we get a duet with you two singing, people, let me tell you about my best friend.
0: I don't have very many friends, so Brian Ferencz wants to be friends with me. And also, I You're not I would- angry? Yeah! Yeah. We're angry Iowans because my chart. wife is from Iowa. When I'm in Iowa and I'm yelling in Iowa, which, again, <laughs> they may not realize, Brian Ferris may not realize my Iowa connection. When I'm yelling in Iowa, I feel very out of place, and I can imagine that he does as well. So I think we have a lot more in common than we have differences, and Brian, I just think we should talk it out on the next Buckeye Talk.
2: Get his theory on robots.
0: Yeah. Oh, also, Brian, real quick before you go, zombies, aliens, or robots? <laughs> also, squares, square cut pizza. Oh boy. <laughs> um, I mean, if we're out, we're out. That's good. I mean, like we've we've gone yeah, hardcore I'm trying, on I'm just this. Just to make
1: sure there's not like a very good. No offense, to everybody, but I just think we've we not not that your questions weren't good. I think we just answered them in some. Yeah, some
0: form we appreciate all you guys checking in. We got like uh, as soon as we put off the call about the <laughs> Joe Burrow pod, people went crazy. Do you want to
1: answer who we think has a better season next year, Burrow or Haskins?
0: Oh, yeah, we can answer that. That question's
1: from Michael Wine.
0: Michael Wine, who has the better season?
1: He said, And then he says, are we going to compare them for the next two seasons? Like, for oh, example, yeah. quote, Joe had two touchdowns and zero picks this week, while Dwayne had one touchdown and one pick. Why did they let him go? Dot, dot, dot. And then it says sports radio voice in parentheses. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, certainly. Certainly. I mean, oh, yeah. you don't yeah. get in circumstances like this all that often. Where there's like a direct, at least at Ohio State, you know, like a direct thing and like, oh, what happened? And the guy left. and um, So, yeah, I mean, I think Haskins will. I think – I mean, the one thing is that wherever Joe Burrow ends up and he's going to end up somewhere pretty good, it's not going to be as good of a team as Ohio State. Right, right. So – and as much as we made the point of like he'll be able to adapt quickly, I mean, he does – and he's going to have to adapt some and Dwayne Haskins has to adapt zero. So I think Haskins will have the better year. but But I do think – And we'll get to the rules in a second. Like, if you told me that if if Joe – honestly, like if Joe Burrow went to Nebraska, not to offend Nate Stanley, but like if you said the four best quarterbacks in the Big Ten next year were going to be Trace McSorley, Dwayne Haskins, Shea Patterson, and Joe Burrow, like I'd buy it.
1: Do you think that Dwayne Haskins and Joe Burrow will sit directly next to each other at the Heisman Ceremony or will they put a buffer
2: between them?
0: Yeah, you're the buffer.
2: Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Tua they have Tua sitting in between them.
0: Yeah.
2: It's Dwayne, Tua, Joe.
0: If you were a school looking for a grad transfer quarterback, would you rather have Joe Burrow or Jalen Hurts? Uh ooh. If Jalen Hurts comes on the market.
1: I think Joe Burrow is a better passer. Jalen Hurts is a better athlete. Jalen Hurts has played in a national title game, put in two national title games.
0: But I do think Joe Burrow is a better passer.
1: I said better but Yeah. I, yeah. No, that's what I mean. You yeah. said it,
0: but like like, maybe somewhat, like... Yeah, yeah. A much better passer. Yeah, I yeah. But, like, I mean, Jalen Hurts is, like, a great football player, but he's more like JT, almost. Like, yeah, more athletic. I but.
1: wonder what teams would value more. Like, Joe Burrow clearly being a better passer or the fact that Jalen Hurts played in two national title games. Because I don't, I don't think that's an easy answer. But I think I'd rather have Joe Burrow.
0: Who would you rather have? Burrow. Yeah. Jalen Hurts has a Bunch player. of homers. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, that would be weird, yeah. If Ohio State and Nebraska play in the national championship game, if they play three times this year, regular season, <laughs> Big Ten championship, national championship, how weird will that be?
1: Paul Feinbaum would have a fit.
0: All right, should we do the rules as we understand them, or is there any more questions? I think we can go to rules. All right. And wrap up. Here's the thing. This is, as far as we understand it, And we are getting more information. There are limits about transferring within the Big Ten, and there seem to be twofold. Number one is Ohio State would have to give Joe Burrow a full release, and that we did have a question earlier about if you are a grad transfer, do you still have to get a release from your school? or are you f- absolutely free and clear because you graduated? Um, and the, 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 It seems to be that you still have to be sort of like released from your school and that all the t- it's very common for schools to block guys from going to A, an in-conference school, and B, a school on their schedule. So uh, as, as we understand it, and we believe this almost certainly to be true, Ohio State would have that ability. Now – Will they block Joe Burrow or give him a free transfer? That we don't know right now. Uh, We asked that question, and the answer was like no answer at the moment. Uh, It was basically the rules were forwarded to us, which is fine. So we don't know, but Ohio State could block it. Then there's a second thing, which is there is a Big Ten rule that even if you are a grad transfer, if you transfer within the conference, you have to sit out a year or you have to get a waiver from the Academics and Eligibility Subcommittee. Now, there are examples of it happening. Jake Rudock was the starting quarterback at Iowa and transferred to Michigan and was the starting quarterback at Michigan the next year. Iowa gave him a full release, and he was given a waiver by the Big Ten Academics and Eligibility Subcommittee. I have a question into the Big Ten about, like, what do they rule on? What do they look at to determine if you get a waiver or not? But it certainly would be more complicated for Joe Burrow to go to a big Ten school because there is this twofold thing in play again as far as we know right now as opposed to if he's a grad transfer and wants to go to Florida he can just go to Florida yeah right mm-hmm. as we understand it well uh... and, and again there's this report about being given permission um, that schools have been given permission some schools to talk to him but it would be – I guess Ohio State could say, well, we're blocking you from going to 60 schools. But then they would get a raft of bad publicity and right. then change their mind.
1: Like Auburn, for example, and he wasn't a graduate, but when Anton Jackson transferred from Auburn, Auburn banned him from transferring to the SEC any team they played the following year and Ohio State for no reason. Other than Ohio State. Other the than Ohio State. Well, yeah. Had,
0: like, finished second in the recruitment. Right. So, like – So, those are the things that could happen. Like, I just cannot imagine, like, Ohio State being, like, petty about this.
1: I don't think they're going to block one from anywhere. I I, I question whether or not the Big Ten will ultimately permit him to go to Nebraska if he wants to go there. I think they would, but I don't think Ohio State's going to impede him at all.
0: So, again, that's what we know right now. We will. Uh, Gather more information about this. It's one of those things where it's in E's and it's all this mumbo jumbo of stuff with bylaw 3.6.3.1.4. That might have been pie. Um, So (laughs) it's just weird. But yes, we had had some question where if you're a grad transfer, you just get to go. And all the blocking stuff, and it's not, The answer is no. You don't just get to go. You still have to go through that process with your school. And then, if you're going in conference, the Big Ten would have a say. So again, it's happened before. But again, you guys have some examples, Tim. We have some other examples of grad transfers who were limited by their schools.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And this just happened in February. <laughs> Doug was asked. Doug, Bill, and I are obviously on a text string chain. And as I was driving here, it's I, pretty cool. We should be a part of it. Exactly.
0: We'll send the number out
2: and on Twitter. And I happen upon the story of Miami quarterback Evan Sheriffs, who was the backup to Malik Rozier, actually played a little bit. He graduated from Miami. He's now at Charlotte. But again, he's the backup quarterback. Miami R.A. has a starter in Malik Rozier, who is pretty good. He helped them get to a New Year's Six Bowl. This is from Barry Jackson, the Miami Herald. and He said that early in February when Sheriffs made his decision that he was going to leave, the University of Miami Athletic Department ruled that he could not play immediately at any other ACC school or any non-ACC ACC school on Miami's schedule for 2018 or 2019. So he would have to set out of gear at any of those schools. And again, this is the backup quarterback on a team that played in an ACC title game with a returning quarterback.
0: Who was a grad transfer. Exactly. So, I mean, it's schools do it. <clears throat> um, and a lot of times they get pressure and give in a little bit, but it seems like they did not give in on this kid because he wound up at Charlotte.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: So um, so that's the deal. We're we're trying to get all the information we can. Um, certainly that would be of note uh, if Ohio State does limit him in some way, but we don't know at the moment. If if Ohio State would limit him uh, based on in-conference in, in conference stuff or schedule stuff, they certainly would not be the first school to do it. Um, but I, I would be surprised if, if they were – overly harsh with those limits Yep. so all right we good on anything else do we want to do any food is there any like do you want to drop in one food or we just save it for next time
1: i think save it for next time all, all right, right so,
0: so let's we we wanted to just hit you with the borough stuff because we actually have like a breaking news podcast which we don't often have uh, so we, we, this happened on tuesday we recorded it on tuesday uh hopefully we'll get it up tuesday night um and we appreciate you guys listening again the five star reviews we love them you know what If you really felt it in your heart, we would probably accept the four-star review because I don't think it would lower our overall grade because we already have so many five-stars. We
1: have a lot of five-stars. And let's be honest, it's a four-star podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So, you know, you can grade us with your heart. Um, Read us, please. Read us. That helps. Follow us on Twitter. That really doesn't help that much unless you use the tweeter. To then read our stories, yeah. But also sometimes there are jokes,
2: or yeah, or in my case memes, memes like the the photo Bills tweeted on on um, I think it was Thursday Friday night of uh, I tweeted a meme, yeah. When I oh, I make a special guest Mayfield? appear I make a oh. special guest appearance in the Baker Mayfield documentary in the web series of the comment. You could see a shot of him walking past me, and I immediately wanted. I admittedly jokingly turned that into a meme that actually got a pretty decent amount of retweets and favorites. I wanted to do more. Like I wanna have like that picture with the beginning of that song Hello Darkness, my old friend. Nice. So if, if you have if you have one, send it. Cleveland.com's Hayden Groove also made an appearance
1: in uh, behind Baker.
0: Was he behind him? He was in front of him. Yeah, weird. Um, all right. So thanks to you guys as always. Um, he's Bill Landis. He's Tim Bielek. I'm Doug LaMaurice, and goodbye and good luck to Joe Burrow. And that was Buckeye Talk.